the climax. Oh, there it is. Now recording. Now recording. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two. Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. Hey. We're back. Talking Woo, we're about, back. Yeah. Have you been waiting eagerly for us? <laughs> Someone now has. We're here. And we're going to be talking about the three Captain America Marvel movies. The three Americas. First Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Ooh. Um... All right, Justin. Well, uh, you know, we've done our um, Scarlet Witch, uh, our One Division um, <laughs> yeah. podcast. Scarlet Witch um, Vision. Yeah. And uh, so we've talked a bit about kind of where we were coming in to the Marvel, to the MCU. Um, so in the interim, you've been catching up on one or two of the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. One, two, three, eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all the same, right? Once you go Marvel, you just keep going and you never stop. And mm-hmm. that's pretty soon you realize that all that you're watching or thinking about is a Marvel property. All roads lead to Marvel. Yeah, well, that's how Disney want it. They want anything you're interested in to be a Disney property. Yeah, they love that. And if if there's something you're interested in that isn't a Disney property, they would like to buy that thing. Just wait. Just wait until they buy it. And then it gets big enough, and then everything will be on Disney+. Plus. Pretty soon. They will own the Lost Lowdown, I'm sure. Well, if we're lucky. If we're lucky. Exactly uh yeah yeah uh you know like going into that marvel world it it really is like it's a distinctive thing i think i think they're pretty reliable for like a certain level of entertainment value you know even though the movies are different i think they all deliver on a certain basic level that you know um like a movie like tenet you know, for all of its qualities and all of its uniqueness, like, doesn't really deliver on. So, anyway, I do appreciate that. It's like, it's like, you go in, it's like, you're gonna get, you're gonna get a story, you're gonna get some, some characters that are, you know, at least somewhat interesting, you know, they have like a defined arc. And you're going to get, you know, some villains and some conflicts. Usually there's, like, secondary villains. Like, they they have kind of a, a style. A lot of times there's a reveal about the villain that happens mm-hmm. late in the game. Um, that's That seems to be a recurring theme. Either, like, the villain's got some secret or the villain isn't who you thought they were or... You know, like there's various variations on it uh, throughout the movies, but um, they go for that a lot. And I mean, they did that in in the Avengers movies too. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's you know, uh, I, I I I'm I'm like really late to the party, but I I think I think I kind of get it. You know, um, it's not. Um, it's not something that I think would ever be like my favorite thing in the world, but 
Um, but it is really appealing. And, uh, you know, if you got, you know, some time, a lot of time, <laughs> you know, on a weekend or whatever, you know, you can just like zone out. And it's almost like, you know, like watching the Harry Potter stuff or, or Lord of the Rings or something, you know, it's like, it's like entering a world, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of live in that world and you get all these crossovers, you know, you see all these characters from one thing and another thing. And you always get these teases at the end, you know, it's like the movie was about this, but here's this other thing. Like, you want to come back for more this mm-hmm. whole, like they will return, you know? Yeah. Um, like, don't worry. Though, yeah, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was a question mark because, you know, they didn't want to be too definitive about <laughs> something that was a cliffhanger, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of, uh, yeah, because of the uh, the blip. Or the whatever. departure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because, um, yeah, that's the, that's the, um, you know, an Ant-Man stuck in the quantum realm. So, yeah, uh, the 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 fates of the characters are very much uncertain. As opposed to you know most of the other movies, where like they end the movie like more or less mm-hmm. okay and therefore available for another movie. Yeah. So that was kind of unique, you know, because that was part of the uh, uh, the Infinity Stone Endgame Infinity War like saga. And, you know, that, I mean, that was a, that was a big deal, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You're, you see, you know, when you watch these uh, older ones, you really see them like slowly building that thing, you know? And so like, if you were following them, it was probably fun to be like, oh yeah, this Mm -hmm. thing, you know, Infinity Stones, ooh, ooh, Tesseract, ooh, ooh, you know. I mean, that's, that's one of the, one of the levels of, you know, that the movies reward you on is is those details you know and the reveals so like if you were following these movies when they came out you know you get to the end of phase one and they have the first captain america movie the first avenger and they introduce uh this this blue energy box called the tesseract Mm -hmm. And it's just a MacGuffin, and it's just a thing we've seen in, 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 in a dozen other, you know, a million other stories, and it doesn't seem that interesting. You know, it's interesting enough for the plot yeah. and for you to understand. You know, it's basically uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really a similar story, except Indiana Jones is, is Steve Rogers. Right. And he's trying to stop, you know, a Nazi power from, uh, our, you know, leader from getting, like, unlimited power. There's, yeah. You know, and the same idea of, like, power from the gods, right? Right. Um, uh, so, and that's one of the things I like about it, because it's a familiar story that's kind of done really well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you come back to the first Avengers movie, and, you know, the last time you saw the Tesseract, like, it had fallen, you know, into the sea, and then, you know, it got it got sort of recovered by Howard Stark, but... To see it, you know, in the beginning of Avengers with Loki uh, or, you know, Shielding experimenting on it. Um, and then, you know, to go through the whole story, like, okay, that's actually, there's something actually inside there. Like, the reason it has this particular power that we've seen this whole time is because the this, this space stone is powering this thing, you know. And that's why all of the this 
power we've seen it do has to do with space. And it's not, not even a question you're really asking of like, you know, when it, when somebody gets shot with the weapons Hydra made, you know, in the first Avengers movie, they like vaporize and you think, Oh, well, it's just a lot of energy or something, you know, but even, you know, what happens to red skull at the end, if you know, um, like what they showed in Endgame on, uh, the planet where the, um, the soul stone is right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That yeah, whole yeah. reveal. Yeah. Yeah. That whole reveal of like, Oh, it didn't, it didn't just like disintegrate him. When yeah. He, when he touched it, it actually transported. It, it looked else. like a transport, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even when I saw it and I didn't even realize that that's who that was. That was something I learned online. Oh, that's who that rando character was. It was like, okay, this is guy. Again, yeah. When you're, when you're watching it and you, you 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 know they go to Vormir and you know by that point in the movie you're really invested in like these stones and what's gonna happen and Thanos and is he gonna get all this stuff and then like who shows up Red Skull yeah. like how how did you enter this story like the last time we saw you 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 know you're vaporized or whatever right and, and yeah that it's cool to have these threads that they pick back up uh, and then you know have all these mysteries that they're planning and then they pay off and you know the same thing with all the other sort of infinity stone uh containers like even that concept is cool that like there's all these housing units for the stones to kind of manipulate them and transport them and stuff but but there's a reveal that inside of them is the actual you know thing that's important um and um so yeah it's interesting it's interesting to see that those kind of things play out but like you're saying when you watch him not in chronological order, it, it becomes like the numbers, you know, I'm lost where like you get to see what these things mean <laughs> and, and interpret them in a different way. Cause you're seeing it, you know, from a different chronological perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Like having already watched all that Avenger stuff and then going back to the first Captain America is like, Oh, the Tesseract. I know what mm-hmm. that is. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I can, I guess uh like what the what the sort of end point is for it um mm-hmm. uh yeah uh so yeah th- there was a lot of that there was a lot of that uh and so it did make it seem less like a MacGuffin I think if I saw it when it came out I probably wouldn't have cared about it that much yeah it doesn't seem like anything that is gonna play a pivotal role in all the movies for 20 years yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, they, yeah. And they I, I just think I, they just uh, they the whole Infinity Saga is just a really well done, you know, series of stories about the central idea, and I think for what they, how it actually had to be done, you know, dozens of movies with dozens of different crews, and you know what I mean, like just the yeah. logistics of that, and this, and then the writing and all that stuff. For it to be as consistent as it is and to have this overall story you can follow of, of um, you know, these Infinity Stones getting placed strategically and, and Thanos planning in the background, you know, he's waiting to strike. Because, you know, there's all these theories about, like, why did he wait to send Loki in in the first Avengers movie when he did, right? Like, he's biding his time. And a lot of, you know, some of the theories are basically, like, there were other powerful beings that could have been in the way like odin is one of them you know Mm -hmm. like he he basically you know happens to have waited till odin was dead before he tries to take her in the infinity stones you know and there's some other characters like that so it makes you know it really it really makes 
Thanos, you know, probably the best villain in, you know, modern pop culture history, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) it's like Darth Vader and then Thanos, I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, and um, he's got a lot of the qualities that I like about you know, they, they obviously tried to humanize him a lot and make him sympathetic a lot and all that kind of stuff. And some of that stuff rubbed me the wrong way a bit. But I, I'm i the kind of person who likes, you know, the serialized aspect of the story and, and just the idea of, like, all of these different pieces that are shown in these different movies are kind of happening at the same time. And, and you've got this villain who's, like, got this plan. And, you know, you know... And the way they introduce him and, and just slowly, like, making his presence more um, meaningful, right? So when he actually finally shows up, I mean, that's what, like, I don't, have you seen the um, uh, the last Justice League movie? No. No, I haven't seen any of those. Well, you'll get to them soon, and you'll you'll have a lot to say. Uh, and uh, but anyway, I was just going to make a point about one of their That's main a DC villains. thing, right? Yeah, it's a DC thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah one yeah, of their yeah. main villains is like introduced in the opposite way, where like there's just you know they just are on screen, and we're supposed to care about them versus like what Thanos did to even spark, you know, Tony Tony Stark's response, right? Like so many of the actions that he does in some of his movies are directly in response to like this pending doom that's happening and that he feels, you know? Um, so it's interesting just to how well they really tapped into that and didn't just make it be, you know, some other type of plot for these movies that would have been fine, but didn't really um, showcase that kind of like detail of, of this master plan and how much it's like actually affecting these characters, you know? Um, you know, because even Tony says that he's like, Dan, you know, when he's uh, in Infinity War, where he's talking to Doctor Strange, he's like, you know, Thanos has been in my head like for a long time. Like he's been affecting what I'm doing. You know, uh, uh, the, the the Ultron thing was about that too. You know, like um, thinking like I have to go. You know, even in, even in Civil War, right? Like he is so freaked out about his inability to save everybody that he goes, you know, sort of too far in order to protect, you know, and he's willing to take a chance because he is sort of convinced that nothing, there's, there's no cost too great to save everybody. Right. Um, And that's what I love about civil war. Again, like the storytelling is so well done and that the, the movie is, And uh, better than it has to be for that idea to be entertaining. Because if you just throw 15 of the best superheroes in the same movie, people are going to watch it. But if you actually make the plot really interesting and make it, um, uh, make it, um, make the audience have complex feelings about them fighting each other, you know, um, because they understand like where the characters are coming from and they all are, you know, 
are fighting from some principle stance, you know, or some belief about what they should be doing. And it's, um, it's almost like a peek behind the curtains in the, in the Avengers, right. Of like, um, you, when you see, when you see the, the team break down, um, and you see how they react to everything. It's, uh, it's like the anti Avengers movie where they, they have problems in the beginning and they get over their problems and they become a team. And this was like, well, they're a team and then they have some problems and they, they break up. So it's like, it makes this natural like symmetry in the whole story of the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know? And then, it, you know, that affects, you know, the rest of the, the movies going forward of like, yeah, well, the Avengers can't just save the day anymore because some shit happens, you know, like they're yeah. not always just around hanging out, ready to stop any, any crazy thing that's happening. Right. But overall, man, the uh, Captain America movies um, are probably my favorite three, you know, character movies. Uh, I mean, I really, really like the Iron Man movies, but um, I mean, Captain America Winter Soldier is, okay, Civil War is my favorite MCU movie for sure. Mm-hmm. That is that is hands down my favorite. Winter Soldier is probably number three or four. Uh when I first saw the Captain, the Captain America First Adventure, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't care about this character. Um, I thought the story was boring. I thought the pacing was too long. Uh, the action wasn't that interesting. I didn't care about the Tesseract. I didn't care about Red Skull. It felt like there was so much on screen that I couldn't connect to and then and i just kind of wrote the movie off and that was like one of the first mcu movies that i was like oh well this is i don't like this like you know this isn't good um (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then you know uh the avengers movie comes out and i get to really see like what i would call real cap like like at his prime like doing the exact thing it's when cap becomes cap really for the modern age. Um, and right. um, it's awesome and it's great. And I fell in love with this character. And I'm like, so then when I went back and watched First Avenger, I was like, oh, wow, this is, I like this because now I'm plugged in. Now I care about this character. Now I care about what he came, where he came from. Uh, and now I care, you know. And then when I, when I saw uh, Winter Soldier, and it's like, okay wow, look at this great reveal of what happened to Bucky Barnes and then this whole relationship between the two and, like, that played out really well. And then the movie's just slick as fuck, man. It's such a, it's such a cool movie. Uh, and and then, yeah, Falcon shows up and he's badass, you know, and, you, and then you get to explore Black Widow character some more, you know, when she's not, like, you know, quipping every you know and being smarter than everybody in the room it's like oh which it is the fan let's just like and her world gets turned upside down you know like she has a pretty good arc in this in that movie too yeah yeah uh and um and so yeah i i was pretty won over by captain america as a character by that point and then civil war comes out and it's like the avengers versus the avengers all these characters i've come to know and love uh, are gonna like have a problem that they're gonna fight it fight it out how is this gonna work uh because you know that's something that i think is inherent to comic books and it's what fans want to see they they want to see those matchups of their heroes against their other heroes mm-hmm. and the mcu knows that and they know they have to have creative ways 
for that to happen organically. And I thought like they did a great job with that in the Avengers movie, the first one, where yeah. we see Hulk and Thor fight. We see Iron mm-hmm. Man and Thor, you know, fight. We we see what those powers look like against each other. And that that's like, you know, the icing on the cake of, of seeing like, you know, fully realized superhero characters in movies and stuff. So yeah, with Civil War, even up in the ante on that, you know, on that concept of, okay, now they're going to go further, you know, um, and, and the way it progresses, I think it's just so tightly ratcheted, you know, there's that moment in Civil War where they're fighting and, you know, Cat and, um, and Hawkeye are fighting and they're like, wait, you know, wait, we're still friends, like, like, what are we actually doing here, like, I know we're fighting and there's a reason we're fighting, but I'm not actually actively trying to kill. Are you trying to kill me? Like what's actually happening here? You know, like, but they're still like fighting each other, but they're not like, act, you know, trying to kill each other, you know, mm-hmm. but then like <laughs> Scarlet Witch shows up and like, you know, I think she's like blast Hawkeye or something. And, uh, and she's like, you're pulling your punches, you know, it's like, let's take this seriously. You know, and then like a few scenes later, something blows up and somebody almost gets hurt. And now it's like, okay, the gloves are coming off. You know, now we're actually going to fight because now I'm pissed. And now it's like you're trying to kill me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and it just escalates and escalates and escalates until that the fucking ending, man, the brutal, brutal, brutal fight with uh, Iron Man and Captain America at the end is like, it's gruesome. It's like dark it's as dark as marvel gets um to have those two guys going that far you know and uh the way they depicted it you know um so yeah anyway that's that's that civil wars is my favorite because there's just to make that movie work the way it works is a it's a really specific set of skills um Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not a typical movie so, what did you think of um, the Captain America series? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do want to talk about Civil War. Um, I have a few things to say about that movie, um, but uh, but let me just go through the first two first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, my experience was very much similar to what you described except that i saw all the avengers movies before i saw one of these (laughs) captain america movies so captain i don't know personally for me i didn't actually even like captain america in the first avengers movie maybe i had more of that experience and within the avengers movies like that character grew on me over the course of the avengers movies by the end i was a fan Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh at the beginning i thought he was kind of boring um Mm -hmm. So, uh, going back... what I thought in the first Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I was already invested. So, going back, like, the first movie didn't bother me. I, like, I do think it's, 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 uh, it's less interesting than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I enjoyed the 40 stuff. There's a few like little things I, I have to say about it. Um, the first is the title. Like, why is it called the first adventure? I don't understand. You know, like the first Iron Man movie is called Iron Man. The first Thor movie is called Thor. The first Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk and only Incredible Hulk movie is called The Incredible Hulk. Why isn't it just all the Captain, Captain America? America? All the Captain America movies have subtitles. 
Because <laughs> they have to have subtitles. They all. I don't know. I just, I reject the title, uh, especially because I just watched, um, I mean, there's like no hint of Avenger going on in the movie. He shows up in 2011 and joins the Avengers, but they already exist. It's just a weird thing to say. It, it, it doesn't really. Well, like, he does Captain America, team, but that's not but the yeah, Avengers. Well, Captain America is is supposed to be like the original Avenger. So that's, and, and the way the Avengers movie is set up, like, you know, that's why it's pivotal when Steve takes control. They become, you know, Fury puts the team together, but it's not until Cap takes control of the team and leads them that they're actually like really the Avengers doing the, the Avenging, you know what I mean? Uh, I think the title comes from, all the titles come from the comics. So there's probably some reason, you know, from the comic story about, that probably answers the question more. Okay. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to fit the movie, you know? And we, uh, we just watched Captain Marvel where like at the end, they give a little origin for the Avengers, you know? And it's like in the nineties. So it's like, there's no way. There's no way he was an Avenger, you know, before, you know, like, even within the... So well, yeah, they're not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Avenger... I guess it's a it's a semantics thing where there's the Avenger project Fury dreams up, right? Um, but I think the title is saying even before that, there was a person who was... Who was avenging? And that <laughs> yeah, person but was like, it's a lowercase Avenger, you know. Like I don't know, it's not the Avengers, you know. It's like he was doing stuff, but it's like I think I you're know. getting caught up on a particular. Yeah, I would trust that they know why they're calling it that, and like <laughs> you know, they they know it better than anybody, and that. Uh, Probably the comic story is is maybe you know the reason, but we can, yeah. we can Google that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I tried. I I I didn't. I think you're right that it's a comic book thing, but I just think within the movie, it's it's weird, and it would have been fine for me to leave the colon off, but whatever. It's a very small point, but it did bug me a little bit. Well, this is saying it's called. He's called the first Avenger because he, you know, he was just living and, uh, and avenging before any of the other Avengers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure. that's, so it's just a, it's just a thing. Uh, yeah, I understand. Okay, so second thing that's like kind of bothered me a little bit is, so Howard Stark is in this movie. And um, let's see. So this is, this is made in 2011. So wait, did you so did you like the movie? Did I like the? Oh, you want you want to? Sorry, yeah, I'm just going into like nitpicks. <laughs> yeah, um, why don't you tell me what you thought about the movie? I'm all about oh. nitpicks. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I did enjoy the movie. You know, in in sort of the broad strokes, like like I liked the arc. I had no idea that. I mean, the effects were weird, but I had no idea that like he was like tiny before. And like, mm -hmm. but he had heart, you know, and that's what made mm -hmm. him great, you know, like, and that's why he could get the power and be trusted because like mm -hmm. he understands like what it means and like 
So he's like more, you know, like I think mm-hmm. the way they built the character arc, it's very like straightforward in a way, but it definitely mm-hmm. worked. Um, it's the classic and, hero story. Yeah. He yeah. Gets, yeah. He and I, I really enjoyed that uh, aspect, like the way that uh, sort of came together. Um, and uh, uh, where it was like, yeah, like we're going to choose you to be this like secret project and mm-hmm. um and the way it sort of developed um and you know the hydra origin stuff um mm-hmm. sort of origin stuff i guess um was uh was was kind of helpful to me um and I, I think the bucky uh relationship too like uh the stuff they do in the first movie kind of helps with that mm-hmm. um because uh you know because they they do like shoehorn in a, a flashback um in winter soldier to like make a certain point but uh i think i think the stuff from the first movie uh was like more effective overall for um for like really establishing mm-hmm. like what it means that he comes back you know in the next one. Oh, for sure that's all that it, that's yeah that's all so that's I think that I think that stuff really worked. You know, he's like there from the beginning, and and yeah, to really appreciate that saga, I think, I think it mm-hmm. is like absolutely essential. Um, the, yeah, the I mean, yeah, the Red Skull stuff it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, it you know it was amusing uh, in a comic booky way, I guess, or mm-hmm. Indiana Jones ish or something. Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think that's what I enjoyed the most. And, and you know, I, this is the thing I would say about. Um, I mean, it's just like I said about um, Tenet. You know, Tenet is like Avengers Endgame, but without the characters. You know, I, I do think like the these movies overall are are pretty good at establishing characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that's probably the thing that I enjoyed the most about the first movie. Uh, the actual story was a bit like, I don't know, like I've seen stuff like this before, sort of, uh, maybe not exactly this ridiculous, but in this general realm. And yeah, it's sort of MacGuffin based and so on. Um, uh, another thing I did like about it was uh, the period where he's doing like a publicity tour, you know? Yeah. He's just doing like stage shows and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was a lot of, I, I don't know. Uh, I really liked that idea that like they didn't actually want him to go fight. Like they wanted him to just like promote the military yeah. and stuff, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff like that in Hunger Games, uh, you know, uh, like using for like propaganda. So like, I thought that was really interesting. They didn't do that much with it, but I enjoyed that part of the movie as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, I think that stuff uh, sort of falls by the wayside, but it does explain why like people know who that is, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. He's exactly. like a public figure, you know, which like you can't say that for for all of the Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are, you know, more uh, secretive or, or reclusive or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
so yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, overall, like it was, to me, it was, it was solid. It was a solid, I think, I think that's the other thing that sort of bugs me about it. And, um, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I kind of, kind of felt this way about Dr. Strange too. Like, uh, you know, I think origin stories are always like a little bit tedious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just a thing. I mean, Batman Begins has this too. It's like, there's something about the origin story where it's like, you know, like, there's like a formula to it. And I feel like it's hard for that to be the best version of that character. You know, it's like, it's like, I really want to see the character just like fully formed, you know? Um, But you really don't. Like, I think, I think, I, I feel the same way you feel like that's why I love sequels because it's usually yeah where the character is at a you know stronger level or bigger challenges yeah. um, but without the tedious beginning of the character arc and the you know then like you won't really care about the characters overall you know so it's yeah. like the, it's like a necessary evil um, to you know and I think that's what you know that's what was boring me when I first saw the first Avenger was just that the origin story plot points you know but it's like I said you know once you care about the character later and you come back to it you know it's a lot it's a lot more interesting because you you you're you're actually caring about it and um I feel like the first Matrix is like that like I you know I like Matrix too there's better action sequences because they're bigger and crazier, you know, but the matrix one, like when you rewatch that, like there's a lot of slow parts where they're building character, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I feel like the first Avengers like that too, where, and yeah, Batman begins. It's like that too. I felt the same yep. way. Batman begins. It's felt slow and boring and there's, a, there's, you know, some really good stuff in it. Uh, but then Dark Knight comes out and it's like, oh, well, this is what I really want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I do agree, like, it's kind of essential, though. Um, so, you know, you can't really dispense with it for, for mm-hmm. where they go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, it always seems like the second one is where things really get going. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, so yeah, so that, that's my general thoughts. Um, but I have, a, I think I have a couple more nitpicks about the first movie, mm-hmm. um, that I just have to say to someone. Um, okay. uh, right. So, um, like I thought it was interesting that, you know, like Hydra is like, you know, they're like basically Nazis, but like, but like they're like too, they're like too evil for the Nazis. <laughs> like they go rogue from the Nazis. Yeah, basically, yeah. They're the science division uh, of the Nazi regime, and their leader just decides like we're not going to follow Hitler. He's he's too limited in what he's trying to do. Yeah, and and Schmidt is like goes goes rogue yeah yeah it's just it's an interesting push pull to me because it's like it's like they're worse than nazis but what they actually do isn't as bad as what the nazis did so i don't know it's just a weird um 
it's a weird thing to kind of invoke Nazis, but then to kind of dodge it a bit. I don't know. It felt to me like they were a little, I, I, I kind of get it in a way. It's, it's weird to like go all in with Nazis um, in a superhero movie. Uh, you know, it starts to feel more, I don't know, more like something, you know, Quentin Tarantino would do or something uh, like putting Nazis in a like quasi. Yeah, uh, but that's, you know, that's from the comic source, right? Of like the origin of this character as a Nazi fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But it just seems to me like they were a little hesitant to like really feature the Nazis and so it seemed like they created this group I mean maybe that's from the comics too yeah but it's, like it's from the comics splintered away from the Nazis you know like specifically yeah because they ultimately survive the Nazis so they have to splinter away you know right it's like it, yeah it's it's basically like the idea of like uh there's a bigger threat than the, than just Hitler yeah, it, even though like Hydra. what Hitler actually did was much worse than what. Well, what Hydra wants. Movie. Well, what Hydra wants is the same thing. They both want control, and Hydra wants to kill millions and millions of people in order to get that control. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, they just haven't but done it. They yet. failed. Whereas the Nazis succeed. So I don't know. That's just that's what's like hanging over the movie to me. It's like, it's like. Well, they have it better with the actual Nazis. <laughs> Well, but what do you mean they they only fail like in the in the future movies? Because Hydra, you know, keeps going, you know, keeps splintering up, and they think they kill it in the first movie. But yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying that like they didn't stop the Nazis from doing the Holocaust. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh! You're making a different point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, they stopped Hydra, but like, what about the actual Nazi? You know, like that, that's where it seems weird to me. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't think you're supposed to really think about that. <laughs> but that's why, like, it's like, it's like they invoke the Nazis, but they also run away from it a little bit. I don't know. It felt to me like there was a tension there about like how much they wanted to really acknowledge nazis you know yeah but i thought there's a whole montage where captain america is he's he's defeating the nazis and he's single you know almost single-handedly winning the war for for them right doing that whole like montage when he become first becomes captain america uh wasn't that wasn't that hydra stuff I don't think so. I thought that was the, that was, so later he, when he figures out where the Hydra bases are, he goes after those. Uh, maybe I remember me wrong, but I thought, I thought in that montage it was, because it was all about, look, America has a new hero in the war. And, um, let's see if I can find it. Look <laughs> at the video here. Uh, Okay, right. So he does a tour, does a publicity tour. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of the. Um, it was the it was the marketing stuff they were shooting. 
when he okay the marketing the films, yeah when he's doing the films yeah 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 I mean, even if he was attacking Nazi bases, I mean, I don't think it's MCU canon that the Holocaust didn't happen, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's all I'm saying. It's like, it's like, it's weird how, like, that's not, like, mentioned or, I don't know. It's like, it's weird to bring it up, but not to acknowledge, like, the big thing that, ha- I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that- well, I think... Yeah, I think time-wise, the Holocaust has already happened when he becomes Captain America, right? Oh. Okay. Okay. Let me see. The movie Maybe. Thing. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think the he's supposed to be in 1945. Because I think that they're supposed to are timing, you know, all this stuff with sort of okay. the historical end of the war. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah, the thing at the end is in 1945. It does say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the idea is like, you know, the, the, the real Nazis are doing crazy experiments and they fictionalize a, a, a unit called Hydra and then, you know, other people are doing science and then this Erskine guy creates a formula and... Um, and you know that becomes obviously a threat because <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. want super soldiers in your army uh in the opposing enemy's army and stuff and um but yeah i see what you're saying but i think i think it makes sense you know it's kind of like once um once the red skull becomes a bigger threat then they have to like try to make captain america you know mm-hmm. and they lose the formula and all that stuff but yeah you know um oh sorry was that the was it the end of your the that nitpick? That was that was the end of that. Nitpick, that yes, okay. I do have another one, but yeah, that was the end of that one. Um, I was gonna mention something about one of the things that I find interesting with the movie is um, he actually once he becomes Captain America, like he actually doesn't do any training. It's actually kind of interesting. Like mm-hmm. there's no training montage of him, you know, learning martial arts. Um, yeah, figure, yeah. Figure out how to use his I power. mean, he jumps out of the chamber and he's already doing stuff. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it was like immediate. Yeah. So I find it interesting that uh, they don't really have that plot, that common plot point of like seeing him, seeing him. Yeah, I agree. A lot and of I, the other Marvel movies have that. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that is, is because they have this whole story about how he's being withheld from actually going on, into the field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the battlefield and, and the, 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 um, the guy in charge doesn't, doesn't believe in him because right. if, if he had, if they had a training montage scene where Captain America is super strong and fast and, and, you know, the soldier he, he, the, you know, shows he is, then I feel like that guy can't play he can't play that same role of like holding him back. He would want to send him in, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it has to be Steve Rogers choice to go in. And he, you know, the character is better when he's like, you know, breaking the rules for the right reasons, you know? Uh, so it works better. But I, I was just thinking about that. I was like, why isn't there a training montage scene? And that's one of the reasons I was thinking like, 
because because if he because then it would undercut what he ends up doing in the battlefield when he first uh, rescues the soldiers, you know, and when we see him in action, you know, for real, and we're like, oh wow, this is what this is what this guy could do, you know. We say, you know, what did he say? Like seven hundred soldiers or something in a night. Um, uh, but I, I like how they how they kind of slowly show what he's capable of, you know. Um, and one of the things I've always found interesting about his power, you know, with this serum, like you were talking about before, you know, why he was chosen is he's, there's something about his, his goodness or his spirit or his, you know, his character that is like what, what empowers him. And it's one of those things where the, the more he's fighting for what he knows is right against bigger odds the like stronger he becomes so he almost has this like you know power leveling power is it's like his, his his power is that he can gain power almost or something mm-hmm. you know because he goes from you know fighting these guys uh in in the first adventure you know and and you know hitting really hard and doing crazy stuff but like to fighting Thanos, you know, right? Uh, who has impenetrable skin and is like ten feet tall and has like armor made of alien metals, and you know what I mean. And like Captain America is yeah. his own. Not to mention wielding Mjolnir, channeling lightning, um, you know, right. beating armies. You know, so it's a, it's a, uh, he's a. He's, he seems like a boring character on the surface, but that unique quality that makes him Captain America, that makes him Steve Rogers, is really is really interesting because it's this like he can't help but be good, you know. And there's something attractive about that, like seeing a character versus like Tony Stark, who really wants to be good uh, and tries mm-hmm. to do good things, but he has a completely different set of reasonings why he's doing what he what he's doing you know yeah um, and um yeah so anyway i find i find that um art for steve rogers over the course of all the movies but particularly these three really interesting um yeah 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 going from that simple premise of like he was a a little guy who no one ever believed in but he had a heart bigger than anybody else and like then he's going to get some power and like, okay, now this is his character, you know? Um, and he's got that, like, that quality all great heroes have, right? Where it's like, they, you just, they're going to win, you know? They're just going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Like, if you're a bad guy, you, you, you got, you're going to lose because you don't, you don't have what this person has, you know? Right. I, I think the movie does a really good job of like setting that up. It's that tenacity. It's he's got that thing mm-hmm. that's like, I can do this all day. Yep, I can do this all day. Yep. So yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, I I definitely got that in the Avengers movies, and if you follow that all the way to the end, like he does get a pretty crazy arc, um, mm-hmm. where he gets like go back in time and live a life and stuff and mm-hmm. come back. So yeah, it's it's uh. It's a lot, and and uh, yeah, I think I think even within the Avengers movies, it developed, but um, but you can see sort of the same thing happening in parallel uh, in these movies, and mm-hmm. it's it's 
I think it's easier to appreciate when you know where it's going, basically. Mm-hmm. I think if you just watch this movie by itself, yeah. if, you know, you might have the reaction like you had. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, for obviously a lot of people, when they were watching these movies for the first time, they were coming from knowing the characters from the comics. So, you know, right. ideally having a similar, like, uh, being more plugged into what's happening, you know, because they know the characters and the stories. Right. Um, right. I thought I thought uh, Agent Carter is really good in the movie uh, First Avenger. Yeah. She has that thing that like a really good James Bond uh, girl has, you know, where like she reminds me of uh, Ava Green and and Casino Royale, mm-hmm. where she just shows up and she's just like, yeah, I'm as interesting as anybody else. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I don't care if you're James Bond or if you're Captain America. Like, like I'm a really interesting character. There's something about how the actress plays those roles where it's just like they bring gravitas to whatever, you know. And I feel like, you know, Scarlett Johansson does that with Black Widow. And, you know, they, they bring this extra quality to an otherwise, you know, tertiary character and right. kind of make make an impression bigger than you you might just imagine from reading it in a script you know reading the character in the script yeah yeah so that i mean that character got a tv show right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh i had no idea what that was uh like i had heard of it and i was like i I don't know what this is about i don't understand Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i agree uh i agree and when they go back you know to the character in in the future like it has more weight also just like the bucky stuff uh yeah because you see this uh, part, you know, mm-hmm. these early years, you know, because um, she had, you know, stuff to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. later, and, you know, they revisit that um, in, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think War. it's Ant-Man. Anyway, I'm getting confused about what it is, but, um, but yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, that part was better realized than uh it could have been (laughs) and uh yeah that's definitely the story of a lot of this stuff it's like it's like that's kind of a standard thing that could be you know just okay but um you know they really do get uh good actors for these uh marvel movies i mean it's Mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous they get the best Um, actors (laughs) they bring in stanley tucci to play this like one-off mm-hmm. part and he dies early in the movie and it's like mm-hmm. wow okay you know and uh, but that's i mean th- that isn't that crazy for if you watch enough marvel yeah. movies you realize like oh they just they just bring in super yeah. famous well it's a play sometimes know, really small parts robert redford showing up and and yeah. winter soldier was pretty crazy yeah like yeah definitely he doesn't do a ton of movies <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I hadn't seen him in movies for, for a really long time. I, I mm-hmm. don't even remember the last movie I saw Robert Redford in. So, yeah, that was yeah that was a shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he does get the significant role, though. Uh, it's not, not quite yeah. as small as Stanley Tucci's. But, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, that was... Uh, uh, but, yeah, I kept being surprised. Like, oh, you're in this movie. It's like mm-hmm. I just recognize everybody, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Um how they do that. Um 
Yeah, so it's, I don't know, this is, so the, my next nitpick is, like, vaguely related to that. So, so they have Howard Stark, right? Mm-hmm. And Howard Stark, so, you know, I don't know, like, the inside, you know, whatever they would say, but I'll just say, like, okay, this movie came out of 2011, so the actor who plays Howard Stark in the movie was 33 at the time. Okay. Um, I don't know how old the character is supposed to be, but, you know, I mean, he's got a company, he's making stuff, like, he... I feel like he can't be too far from 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's realistically, to be right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I got confused because later on it's Roger Sterling from Mad Men playing him. Yeah. Uh uh John Slattery uh is his name. Mm-hmm. And uh let's see. Uh at the time of this movie, uh he was 48. Um, so I guess, you know, when he plays the character in Civil War in that flashback, which supposedly occurs in 1991, mm-hmm. uh, that character, I mean, he should be like 80 something. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be playing like a 70 year old. Uh... And John Slattery's like barely 50. I mean, anyway, mm-hmm. it's just like. I feel like they, the timeline's weird. It feels to me like what, what it should have been is Howard Stark should have been the grandfather. You know? And then Tony Stark's father should have been a younger person who's John Slattery's age. But that's not canon. <laughs> okay, but they don't only use yeah. canon. I mean, well, I, I mean, read... I just mean, I mean, it's important that, it's important that, you know, um, Captain America worked with Tony's dad. But if he worked with his grandfather, would it really be that different? It does matter because Tony has a specific relationship with his dad that's part of his character arc, you know, and losing his dad and that whole thing that happens. And that fuels uh, a lot of the tension in Civil War is that, um, you know, Steve's connection to all that stuff that went went on back then with his dad and stuff. so I think that's, I mean, I agree with you that like, I, it, it, but you know, it's a movie. So John Slattery is just cast is a little bit younger than the actor should be, you know, the character should be. So, I mean, that happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's more than I, I just feel like, I just feel like you can have everything else make sense. And just ignore that John Slattery is like 15 or 20 years too young. I just think it's weird that they did a recast, but he's still way too young. You know, it's almost like, because like for uh, for for uh, Peggy Carter, they use the same actor and just put a bunch of makeup on, you know? Yeah, well, I guess you'd have to find out why they recast, because it could have maybe the original actor couldn't do it so they but they didn't even do a lot of makeup like i don't know whatever as i said it's a nitpick but i just found it like hard to understand like how this timeline works i don't know i think it could have been fine the other way because i think ultimately like the stuff that i mean at least in terms of these movies like i can't speak for everything that happens in say the iron man movies like i feel like the uh the connection the connection with Tony's dad for Captain America is, is, you know, I mean, it's there, but it's not like they have like a deep bond or anything. I, like, 
I, I, you know, the fact that it's really the Bucky thing that is the main issue, you know, between them at the end. And that, you know, that, I mean, that still would have been there. I, I think it could have worked uh, to just make it, you know, yeah, but, but yeah, it, it's possible yeah. that they I just... mean, if they're inventing it from scratch, there's better ways they could do it. But, you know, they're adapting it from the comics, so they're, they're not going to change the hierarchy of, like, who was with who. They should have had Stan Lee play uh, play the older version. Like, he's the right A. <laughs> and he's always around in all these movies. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we've looked up multiple things from the comics that they changed, so I, I don't think they're totally against that. It's possible that they plan to do something that made more sense and they couldn't for whatever reason <laughs> but anyway um howard stark he's too he's too old or he's too young it's i don't know which one it's a little of both mm-hmm. they're like in, th- in this movie he should be like 10 and in the future movie he should be like 80 so <laughs> um now that i i was just looking this up i forgot so john slattery played the character first in Iron Man 2. Um, when they when they were shooting Captain America vs. Avenger, um, they had to recast with Dominic Cooper because um, they couldn't use Slattery for a character that young, I guess. Um, Why not, though? I mean, they they did... They did so they Kurt didn't Russell... Have, they didn't they, have the DD aging technology back then. They didn't have it back then. Okay. Yeah, they didn't... They Yeah, they didn't have it back then. I was wondering. So like, that's yeah. Okay. Okay. So de aging is like a newer thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah, they used the shit out of that in the later movies. But yeah, mm-hmm, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's interesting. I guess th- I guess that explains it. Then they had a previous casting. They felt the need to do a recast because of special effects lack, and then it created this weird, like. Yeah. disjointed uh, age thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, let's see. I think... Um, let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so he sacrifices himself at the end and then he goes into the ice and that's where he stays until like the present day, basically. Mm-hmm. And they do this like wake up thing, and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's my, I think that's my last nitpick about the first adventure. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Which isn't really about the first adventure. It's really about that whole Stark thing that is all over the. That's world. a very it's... specific nitpick. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I would nitpick, which is more about the story, is um, I thought the Howling Commandos could have been a, done a bit better. Um, I always felt like when I watched this movie, and, and, and it's like I want that um, 
kind of those early scenes with them to to mean more so that when they're fighting together later it it kind of means more mm-hmm. um you know it's like steve you know goes into the prison camp and meets a couple other guys but doesn't really fight with them in that scene um and then later he's like oh i gotta pick a team i'll pick these guys you know and it's like i just wish we had already had a scene where they had fought together and kind of earned each other's trust sort of a thing mm-hmm. um and that's the kind of thing we've seen in movies like that before so i was like ex- I, sort of expecting that scene and it didn't happen so i was like oh that's interesting it's mm-hmm. like it, you know it feels like a shortcut like they just didn't have time to develop develop that thing yeah um, yeah it'd have to be longer i think but um I like the Tommy Lee Jones character. Uh, He's really good at playing characters who are like in control. They're like in charge. They're sarcastic. um, And like they know everything more than everyone else, except for like once or twice in the movie (laughs) where they'll be stumped. Uh, Because it reminds me of his No Country for Old Men uh, character um where he's just got this 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 way of being uh that's really fun on screen when he's yeah. like playing these like military law enforcement characters yeah and like men in black when it, men in black is like that too where he's yeah he's got a he's got a type type of character he's good at yeah yeah typecast i think is the word for that definitely mm-hmm. yeah no, I did enjoy the character, but yeah, it is it is sort of a variation on stuff I've seen him do in other movies. And that's basically what he says here in this quote um, about it uh, on the Wikipedia page. He says what? He, he described the character as the one you've seen in a thousand movies, the gruff, skeptical officer overseeing a team <laughs> of talented, slightly sarcastic, specially talented soldiers. Well, whose quote is that? That's Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, talking about the character? Talking about the character, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, for, as he describes, like, you know, what is a fairly standard uh, part, like, again, it's like actors kind of elevating things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say. But yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it, it definitely works. I mean, that's, you know... He was very effective in that part. That's mm-hmm. the Tommy Lee Jones part. Um, the the ending where um, Captain America comes out of the ice and he's you know he wakes up in the room and he can tell something's off, uh, and then he runs outside and it's Times Square and he's in the future. It it reminds me of like Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it it adds this extra element. You know, the movie's already, you know, had its tone and stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, you just skip forward 70 years. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Sam Jackson shows up, and he's, like, you know, Nick Fury. And you're, like, what's happening now? Uh, what? Um, and then the whole thing of where they sort of tease uh, tease the Avengers at the end. Um yeah, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good ending, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like it's like 
if you didn't really like that storyline, don't worry, we're done with the 40s. Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very definitive, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, they I think they had to, you know, they want to bring the characters together. Like they need to bring this character where the other characters are, like in time. Yeah. yeah. He can't stay in the 40s forever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Di- yeah. I yeah, I enjoyed the ending. It was good. I agree. Cool. So what did you think of Winter Soldier? Um yeah okay so yeah winter soldier like had a much more interesting plot i think mm-hmm. um actually like i would go so far as to say of the three the winter soldier is probably the one that where i enjoyed the plot the most yeah. um uh it was it was uh you know like civil war has its own strengths but yeah i think the plot of winter soldier was the most compelling to me the early stuff especially like the first however long of the movie Mm -hmm. um uh it's uh it's you know it really is like you know like i think you described it maybe it was off the podcast i don't remember but as you know like basically a spy movie yeah yeah it's Um, like a 70s spy thriller and so we get you know we get like there's like double cry you know a little bit alias you know this whole like it's a secret agency that's been infiltrated by another secret agency you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy what the classic oh yeah 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 and like you know it's like it's like uh nick fury like hires people to hijack this this chip to like get information because he thinks there might be a you know like a uh an element in shield like undermining them you know it's like and the way that develops and then like he fakes his own day you know there's just like a lot of um a lot Mm -hmm. of fun plot stuff and i didn't really know where this was going because they reference this stuff in in the avengers movies but they do it like in a way where if you don't know what's happening, like, I don't know, like, I, I didn't, <laughs> I just didn't really understand uh, what I was supposed to think about that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed like the slow, like reveal of, you know, what's really going on the Hydra infiltration, you know, the, uh, you know, the fact that Robert Redford is like in on it. Um, like all that stuff was a lot of fun. I, you know, I think like all the movies, all the movies at a certain point, it's like, you know, it's time to do a bunch of action sequences <laughs> and yeah. that's fine. Uh, that's, you know, that, that they want to deliver that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I most enjoyed uh, the movie when, when it was like developing, like the first, like, 45 mm-hmm. minutes hour or something like that, you know, where they're just like, where I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like they are, you know, it's got that, mm-hmm. it's got that, you know, spy mystery thriller kind of thing happening. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a lot of fun to have, um, you know, to have, uh, to have Black Widow there, you know, who's like, a very appropriate character for this kind of story, you know. Yeah, well, 
She's a spy who we haven't gotten to see her do a lot of spying throughout mm-hmm. her screen time. And so that's another thing that is really well done with this movie is the, the team up of those two characters together. The, 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 the good guy and the bad girl, yeah. you know, having the team up and as she's teaching him spy tricks, you know, yeah, that's uh, so good, man. The movie is, it's so slick and stylish and cool. And it's got, yeah, I, I, I like civil war more because it's just a bigger story, but Winter Soldier, I feel like it's, um, it's it's just it's you know, I don't know what, how to describe it. I like it. I like it as well. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it's like a, when you're in a you know, it's like kind of the difference between being in the mood for like a movie or a TV show. You know, um, it's kind of like, do I want a small you know but action packed thriller and watch Winter Soldier, or do I want uh, big action-packed, expansive, crazy story, you know, and go watch Civil War, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I think for me it would be like, uh, I think I like I said in this I prefer the plot in Civil War I preferred the character stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the characters are really driving the movie in Civil War, whereas here it really feels like the plot is driving the movie. Yeah, the characters are reacting to it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is character stuff. Absolutely. And it's good, but it's like, it's way more heavily featured in Civil War, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, it just came to the forefront. And uh, and so I think on that level, like, I, I preferred Civil War. But, um, but yeah, like, if, just to follow the plot, like, yeah, this, this was just... Uh, you know, a really fun plot, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, and Bucky coming back, you know, like, unfortunately, like, I knew that was going to happen because I already saw the other stuff, but I still think it's a crazy reveal, you know? It is a crazy reveal. And the way they do it is so well done. Yeah. He falls off the train, you know, it's like, why would you think that character would come back, you know? Um, And the fact that he comes back and, like, he's been programmed to be, like, the enemy, you know, there's, I don't know, that, that stuff definitely, there's, there's good, uh, there's good character stuff there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, you know, continues into the next movie as well. Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about the Winter Soldier storyline is just how he's introduced, you know, you've got, you got the whole, first of all, the action sequences in this movie are, are really great. The first, like, um, the attack on Fury in his car, I thought oh, yeah. was a particular type of, of vehicle-based action scene we've never seen before. Uh, had some, some twists in how it worked and, and, and what you're expecting. It has, it has a line in there that I don't know if there's a trope name for, for lines like this. Um, but there should be, uh, but basically, you know, it's the scene where the, where Hydra is attacking his SUV and, but you know, we're, we're, you know, the movie does a good job of ping-ponging you in these, in these action sequences about like what's going to happen. And you, you think, oh no, all the guys have guns are going to shoot out his windows, but oh no, the windows are bulletproof. Okay. And, you know, obviously this is, this is, you know, Nick Fury, he's like 
10 steps ahead of everybody, right? So, you know, he's going to be, have some protection, um, you know, but the way it just keeps ratcheting up, you know, okay, then they, okay, now they got to bust through the windows, so they're going to go get the, the big pneumatic thing that's just going to, like, knock through the window, you know, and he's got this computer-controlled car, and he's trying to get the power back, and, you know, then there's, like, this secret mystery of, like, the um, the big gun or whatever, I forgot what they called it, um, but, you know, you're like, okay, oh, the, what is it called? The, um, uh, I forgot what they called it. He's like deploy the fail safe or safety measures or something. I forgot what they called it, but you know, it's this whole thing where he's like waiting for the right moment to, to reveal this crazy thing this car has. And when he reveals it, it's just like this, you know, gallant gun that goes out of the, the armrest, you know, and he shoots the guys and he gets away, you know, but the line that they, that they say that I love, and I wish there's a word for this is he's like, um, He's like, uh, activate flight mode. And you're like, what? Like, oh, this car is not going to fly. Like, after all we just saw this thing do, are you telling me it's about to take off, you know? And then, of course, immediately we're disabused of that when the computer's like, not enough, or flight system's damaged, you know? So right. it's one of those lines, like, like they have no intention of actually following through with that. Yeah. But it just throws it in your mind of what could be possible. And I, I wish there was a word for things like that because that happens sometimes, you know? Yeah. In stories. Um, uh, and I and it's one of my favorite lines in the movie when he says that because it always makes me go, what? And then you're like, no, this thing is not going to fly right now. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, so that's one of my favorite action sequences. And then, um, but I was just saying the way the plot starts with, you know, Fury getting attacked uh him coming to steve rogers you know um undercover and you know like you were saying with the mystery giving him this MacGuffin disc you know of yeah. like here's here's what all the fuss is about but we don't know what's on this thing um and then having steve you know be embroiled in this kind of mystery about um you, you know who to trust and that's been such a big part of his character arc you know, is how he trusts, you know, trusting himself, trusting institutions, trusting the people around him, you know, and getting, you know, either, uh, you know, screwed over by the institutions he's trusted or used by them, you know, and so obviously that comes uh, as a big part of the whole thing with Bucky um, and why he's willing to, you know, sacrifice so much um, for him and stuff, but, uh uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite action scenes in the, in the, all of the MCU is the elevator scene, uh, when he's, when he oh, goes yeah, to Triskelion, yeah. he goes to Triskelion and he's talking to the Roger Riffer character and, um, and, you know, things don't go that well and he's trying to leave and then one by one he notices the elevator filling up with the uh, special Hydra agents uh, or the shield agents who turn out to be Hydra agents. Right. Uh, and, uh, and it's, and it's, again, it's a classic thriller moment of slowly noticing something's wrong. Slowly that impending doom is creeping in, you know, and you're like, what, wait, what's about to happen? Cause these guys have been good the whole time. Like what, you know, what, how are they going to, what, what's about to happen here? And then, Cap's like, uh, before we begin, if anybody wants to leave, you know, now's the time. And you're like, holy shit, you know? And it's like, he fights off all these guys. Such a cool action sequence. Um, 
But then on top of that, so, you know, he, he knocks out like 15 guys and then escapes the building, you know, jumps through the elevator window, falls, what, 30 floors, uh, lands on yeah. his shield and gets up and keeps going. Uh, and then he's on the motorcycle, you know, and this is like, you know, the, uh, the car in extra high octane, you know, extra high gear where he's, he goes up and gets the, um, the Quinjet <laughs> and he like, you know, he's on his motorcycle and he like launches the shield and knocks, you know, knocks out one of the turbines and he flips his motorcycle and he jumps on the ship and he like acrobats his way between the wings and like knocks out the engines and then does the hero land, you know, on his shield just in time to see the ship go down. And he's like gone in a flash and you're just like, yeah, I'd follow that guy anywhere. Like, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, this guy just took out a fucking airplane in 30, like 15 seconds, you know, and didn't break a sweat, you know? So that's why I, I love these moments that the action sequences are so well done, but it becomes like this, like, one of the things I like is, you know, in the serialization of these action sequences, you get to see their power and their ability, you know, increase over time. So like I was saying, you see a scene like this was like, damn Steve Rogers. Like there's not that many people who can do that, you know? Uh, and, it, you know, and different characters would have had to approach that situation in different ways with their own powers. But like, you know, you go from that to, you know, him fighting, you know, Thanos, right. As like a, a crazy next level to what he's capable of doing, you know? So that's the other thing I like about, you know, just all the the fact we have so many movies and scenes with these characters is, you know, you get to just see their skills develop, you know, through the action sequences. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but I see what you mean. That makes sense. That's true. A sort of related point that isn't a nitpick, but is more of a curiosity point uh, that I have about like this world, you know, um, you know, it almost makes me want like a leftover show or something where like, it's about like uninteresting people in this world. Um, mm -hmm. because like to live in this world is to live in a crazy world where like yes. crazy shit is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it's kept secret, right? So, like, you brought up the uh, the scene where they try to kill Samuel L. Jackson. Like, like they're just opening fire with, like, tons mm -hmm. of machine guns in broad daylight in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's like, how, you know, like, this has got to be on the news, right? Like, yeah. this has got to be, like, you know, like... Oh, not like, anymore, yeah. Oh, the world's insane, but don't forget, yeah, aliens uh, attack the planet, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, world, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's a good example. You know, in, in Ant-Man, they showed uh, when he was big, you know, they showed a news story, you know, mm -hmm. with him um, like that. You know, so there was, like, an acknowledgement that, you know, the world realizes that this is crazy, Um but it just makes me wonder, like, if you're just a normal person, mm -hmm. you know, like, how do you, I don't know, like, it's, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, this world is- We get into that a little bit with some of the Marvel TV shows, um, some of the, the those Netflix TV shows, uh, Luke okay. Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, because mm -hmm. 
because they're they take place within a similar timeline and they're all and they're all based in new york um so you get to and, and they're all like sort of the idea they're they're like the street level crime fighters you know like that's mm-hmm. kind of the the maximum of their power you know they're, they're not going to go up against thanos right um but you do get some of that you know understanding what the collateral damage looks like understanding how characters and the, the people of the world are reacting to these like big events that are happening and but yeah no you're right i mean like yeah the world a world with superheroes is crazy and and that's what you know uh vision talks about in age of ultron is like just the fact of iron man coming out and saying oh i'm iron man i'm hot shit look at me with all my power means someone's gonna come out and challenge him and now someone's gonna come out and challenge him and you get this like because you did this one good thing of trying to protect people and be a symbol, you know, um, same thing with Captain America, right? Of just like, you know, Hydra always trying to get that super soldier serum and like, you know, get a weapon just as good, you know? So it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting um, how that compounds over time, you know, and, uh, and then you just get so much more chaos in the world, you know, and then you have characters who like seek out power, you know, and do crazy experiments or use sci-fi stuff to like empower themselves and turn into villains and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the world's crazy. Okay. Yeah. But then, yeah, then, yeah. And then if the world wasn't crazy already, uh, 50% of the people disappeared for five years. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. It gets, it gets crazier than, than this, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I was just wondering, like, it's just, it's just kind of funny in a way because Hydra, you know, she, they're like these like covert organizations who usually would like try, like in, in a more normal version of this kind of story, like I would expect them to try to keep their activities like, secret you know but like (laughs) they really don't do that they just like go for it in the middle of broad day you know i I would expect Mm -hmm. them to like kidnap sam jackson take him to a secret location and you know like Mm -hmm. i would that's what that's what they were trying to do (laughs) yeah but like you know, covertly, not like with like mm-hmm. 80 machine guns <laughs> aimed mm-hmm. at his car. You know what I mean? Like they're not slick spies, you know, they're like, they're like, well, no, um, they're, they're law enforcement. So they're, you know, they can do whatever they want to do. They don't have to hide if they're after a suspect. You know what I mean? And it's Hydra that is, the that's a secret, but shield. Yeah. But like, I mean, you know, I, I look, I mean, I know like the militarization of the police is a problem, et cetera, et cetera. But like if they pull out 80 machine guns and they're firing at a car, I mean, even if there's a defense, even if they want to say like, we need to do this, like mm-hmm. that's still like quite a notable, I don't know. like. But you I know that see- actually happens in real life though, right? Like that's happened here where like dozens of cops have opened fire on a single car. With machine guns? And like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not machine guns, but I don't know if the bullet count really matters at that point. Like, or the the gun type really matters when the number of bullets is still really high. I just, yeah, like doing it with machine guns makes it seem more extreme, you know, because they they don't even sure. have to pull them one at a time. Well, they yeah, and yeah. don't forget they are going 
up against the high tech security vehicles. So that's another reason why, yeah, they have to have bigger firepower than than you know what you might expect normal cops to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that there's a logic for why they do it, and it's not like it doesn't make sense. It's just <laughs> it's just like in a normal spy movie, like this stuff would be you know, like, to whatever extent, like, they were exposed to the public, like, they would try to have a way to make it look normal, you know, but there's, like, there's just no way for that to look normal. Yeah. It's, like, what they're doing is crazy. Like, at the very least, it raises questions about the car they're firing at. Like, yeah. why is it with... But don't forget, but, but, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is building you know, hel three helicarriers that can Oh, I know! It gets even more ridiculous like, than this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is not... So this is so not, not Yeah, so it's not that weird. I think that is normal in that world that they, they're not going to have a hard time explaining why they did that. And, you know, there's a control aspect, too, where they don't really have to answer to anybody anyway, right? It might be on the news story if somebody caught the video, but, you know, as, as they even show in the movie, like, he he's you know he's got the government in his pockets you know with and, and he's got controls so ultimately you know pierce does so it's like not a big deal if he shoots up a car in the middle of the street like at all yeah 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 no i just i was just thinking you know it's like if this is the only thing that happened like this would be crazy in the context of this world it isn't even that crazy it's actually like mm -hmm. early routine Yes. Yeah. So anyway, that that was the thought I had. That it's just like it's just a crazy world um, where like the spies don't give a shit about secrecy because <laughs> like what they're doing is like not even as crazy as the stuff that doesn't have anything to do with spies. You know, like there's so much going on in the world that like they don't even have to worry about covering up what they're doing. Like they can just do whatever yeah but that's the thing because they're shield like it's like yeah it's that's what spy agencies do like they can just get away with it they don't have to like you know answer to anybody but like normal spy agencies don't just do like you know they they do things in a way that's intended to be covert with like plausible deniability or whatever to mm -hmm. you know limit the knowledge of what they're doing and yeah. why you know Mm -hmm. like this is more like you know it's more like a military thing than well like... that's what shield is i mean they're more like the cia and fbi combined you know so they're not just spies you know they're they're like law enforcement in general with a particular you know like homeland security or something yeah um but yeah i get your point yeah 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 um uh, uh, the, the small comment I was gonna make: Steve Rogers breaks a lot of glass. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The amount of glass broken—it's like it's like if he goes in a room and there's glass in there, it's like oh shit, that glass that glass isn't gonna last. And so when they get in that elevator and it's like glass, it's like oh no, mm -hmm. oh no. <laughs> 
this glass, this this elevator is not going to make it because anytime he gets anywhere near glass, it's just he's busting through that shit. Either he's flying through it, or he's throwing someone through it, or mm-hmm. he's throwing his shield, or something's happening where glass is getting broken. The amount of broken yeah. glass, seriously, and and that's again where I start to imagine like the you know, the practical ramifications of the damage that happens, you know? And again, the damage I'm talking about is nothing compared to the stuff that happens in other parts of, you know, this world where, like you said, I mean, New York gets like (laughs) totally wrecked in the first Avengers movie, way beyond anything like Steve Rogers ever does by himself. Mm. But, you know, still like, I don't know. And I guess like in a way that's standard for action movies, but it just, uh, I don't know, it really stood out to me, like how much property damage there is. Mm-hmm. Like they walk into a building and it's like, oh man, don't, you know, maybe they'll save your life. Maybe you'll be glad they're here. Maybe they're going to help you. If you got valuable things that are breakable, like you got to get them away from these people. Like they will just, destroy everything in a room mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway that but was, that, they'll also save your life so sure sure i mean that's the trade-off that's the trade-off and you know uh if you want to say it's worth it uh you know i i won't argue with you but mm-hmm. i'm just saying like you know who's gonna fix that window mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody's gotta do it right <laughs> Yeah, there's a show, uh, I think it's based on a comic, but there's a show that was had something to do with that. I don't think it was an MCU related show, but it was basically like about regular people in the world with superheroes. And I think the main characters worked at like an insurance company and it was going, it was dealing all of the kind of stuff you just mentioned of like, Oh, a superhero crashed into my building. Now, who who pays for this? Like, mm-hmm. I got a file claim, you know. And like, right. So it was it was sort of answering that question that you were saying about like, what what are the mundane things people have to just get done in a world that's this crazy with superheroes running around mm-hmm. the background? And um, the TV show um, The Boys gets into that a little bit. It's about superheroes uh, and some sort of real world ramifications there and. Uh, and then Batman versus Superman got into that a bit too, I think. Um, because, well, actually, I think what I'm remembering is um, the actual movie itself had a kind of backlash, because, or I don't know, people talked about how much destruction there was in the final battle between Superman and Zod. Like, so much of the city is just destroyed with them knocking each other into buildings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember that being a big topic of about that movie, and now I can't quite remember if um, if they talk about it more in the sequel or not. Uh, I feel like they do, but um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that, that's an interesting part of it too, of like what's actually happening when these characters are saving the world. You know, they get into that with the um, you know uh, Civil War and yeah, yeah. And all this yeah, it, def- it definitely comes up in a in a sort of oblique way, in a more global way in Civil War. But yeah, they do at least like address the ramifications of the of the the damage that happens um, uh, when they're around. But I guess I guess the, the other thing it makes me think is that like 
in this world where there's like a threat to the world, like every, I don't know what, how long, you know, I just, I almost would think like the whole global economy would collapse because of like uncertainty and like the lack of security. And, you know, like, I, I feel like it would almost descend into chaos um, because like, you just can't count on like, you know, mm -hmm you can't count on the world not ending tomorrow <laughs> you know or like when half the people disappear you know like well, the... i think i think i i i feel like what 2020 and the pandemic taught us is the we keep going on the economy keeps going on like people even in the face of craziness and literal apocalyptic events uh things kids keep going on there is normalcy and I, so I agree with your point, but I feel like things will even, yeah, half the people disappear. You still have to like, things will fall apart, right? Like there'll be, you know, infrastructure, stuff like that to, to deal with. But like, um, I think humans would default into what they know. And that's like their normal lives, even, even like, you know, when shit's hitting the fan, um, but yeah, that's a, you know, philosophical question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like, you know, a lot of what economies need to function is, I mean, you know, there's a lot of levels to it, but like there needs to be some stability and security of things, like for investments to happen, you know, for it to be worth it to do, you know, to build a, a facility or expand or, you know, whatever, you know, um, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, to downplay um, the pandemic. I, you know, it, it's really bad. Um, but the stuff that we see in these movies is actually, in my opinion, far worse, mm -hmm. <laughs> far worse. So uh, it's hard to compare. I mean, I think uh, it did have economic impacts, the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. um, and continues to, um, you know, proportionally. I think, you know, yeah, in a, in a world where this stuff is happening, it's just, it's just hard for me to imagine. You know, I could just imagine, like, currency being devalued and I, I could yeah, just... You'd also have people, I mean, it's, it's the same system. So you'd still have people who are playing and making money off and, and surviving off the volatility, right? So even if there, there you know, there are huge disruptions, um, you can still succeed in that environment, you know? Uh, you can well, just... you know, but if the currency is worthless, it won't matter if you make a lot of it. You know what I mean? If there's like, if it doesn't buy anything, mm -hmm. then, you know what I mean? That That's the level I'm talking about, like where it'd be so extreme that, you know, like it's happened that, you know, currency gets so devalued that, you know, like there's sort of uh, an economic collapse, like within a, a country, you know, mm -hmm. um, I could just see like this level of shit happening, having that effect on a, on a global scale where, like economies can't function anymore because like these currencies are worthless because these countries are, you know, like not reliable. 
Like yeah. their existence is not certain at all. You can't count. You don't want to give them a loan. Like they might be dead tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like that's 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 the thing. Like it just it really puts things in such an extreme place that it's almost hard for me to believe that there's any normalcy in the world at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these flying, these flying hella things, uh, I mean, they're going to kill like millions of people with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, like that's crazy. I mean, there's flying death machines, you know, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but you still have to get up and go to work tomorrow. I mean, that's, I, I just feel like what we know of human history is tragedies don't stop us from doing normal stuff. You know, I definitely take your point about economic collapses and what's needed. And at a certain point, I mean, normal stuff does stop. I mean, it has stopped. I mean, that it's not unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, yeah, some normal things stop. Not everything that's normal stops. But yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't gone extinct yet, but mm -hmm. we haven't faced stuff like this. I mean, this is, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I think could could head in that direction. Or if not, you know, um, if not extinction, at, at least like global chaos, mm -hmm. you know, a, a collapse of structure and, yeah. and sort of a descent into anarchy and uh you know everyone for themselves basically yeah and i think you know Scat, like a other, walking dead type scenario yeah, the other thing that you know is obviously a factor in that calculus is the whole idea of heroes right so the whole idea of the avengers existing i think is, is supposed to play a role in that stability right the idea that oh you know, if something gets attacked, it's not the, necessarily going to be the end of the world. There's actually something that'll stop that, you know. Um, so I think that's the other part to add to that evaluation, you know, is like when they're, you know, if, if, we're, if we're really going to, you know, try to put ourselves in the minds of these, you know, the everyday people in these worlds, because it's obviously not what the movies are focused on. But, um, but, but the idea that like, you know, you can keep your normalcy because you know these heroes exist, you know, because you have faith they'll be there when, when you need them. Um, I think it's supposed to go a long way to keeping keeping things more stable than you would otherwise think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could almost see, like, sponsoring the superheroes or something, because, like, mm -hmm. they're the that's only the thing boys, that... Uh, that's what the boys is about. It's it's sort of a dark take on the superhero idea, and that corporations actually are in control of superheroes and sponsor yeah. them and, and use them for branding and stuff like that. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. I I would because yeah I agree. Like that's that they're the only thing standing between the world and like total collapse. So it's like the value of them mm -hmm. is through the roof. You know, it's mm -hmm. like they're the most valuable thing. So yeah, no, no, was, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that does kind of make sense, but it's, uh, 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 through watching the Marvel movies, I repeatedly had the sensation of like, you know, just watching some of these like bystanders or, you know, when they're just be like out in public and like stuff is happening and it's like, oh my God, like it's, I don't know. 
Um, maybe that's always true in crazy action movies, but it does feel maybe a little bit uh, up a level, I think because of the sort of comic book craziness of what, you know, how far they go. Mm -hmm. and, and the scale they go, you know? Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I like about the movie Winter Soldier is the Winter Soldier. Uh, I was talking about that before. I thought the reveal of Bucky Barnes is done really well. Even even just, you know, when he shows up and we don't know who he is and he's just this menacing character and he seems like he's, all, you know, as strong and fast as Captain America, which is always scary for the audience, but it's thrilling because you want to see the characters be tested. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, they have that fight in the streets. Uh, that was... You know, one of the best, one of the best one-on-one -on -one fights, and um, and uh, and you know, Captain Captain use, does a few tricks and moves on um, on Winter Soldier and flips him over, and and his mask comes off. You know, and uh, if you listen to the 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 the, the, the track at that moment, like right before, like fifteen to twenty seconds before the reveal of Bucky Barnes that he's the Winter Soldier. They start this low tone in the track, just like that, like slowly, gradually, like comes up in amplitude right at that moment in crescendos. It's really cool if you go back and listen to that. It's and you probably heard it, you know, and you know if you consciously hear it, but um, it's a cool, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool little thing of like you don't even know a reveal is coming, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and then, but you know, but they're setting you up for it with the with the with the score, uh, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's 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 super surprising. It's like a you know, it's you're like, how not only did you know did he survive the fall, but seventy years later he's here. You know, all that stuff is is crazy. And uh, yeah, for for a spy thriller with you know a lot of mystery, um, that was a great reveal and. Um, one of the things I like about how he's portrayed, you know, is he he reminds me of, um, and another reason the movie gives me the '70s feel is uh, he reminds me of Michael Myers. Uh, he's got this menacing determination. You know, he doesn't say a lot in the whole movie. You know, uh, up until he's revealed. You know, and um, and he reminds me of like a yeah, like a slasher um, villain, but who's you know got a metal arm. Uh, but you know, he's like, he's like the Terminator, you know, or something like that, where he's like this, this, uh, methodical killing machine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, small question about that. Why is he the winter soldier? Um, that's what they dubbed. I think that was the code name for the project that made him a super soldier or something like that. Um, we can look it up. Because, <laughs> like, I had the impression that they called him that just because, like, he was, like, in a wintry place and he was a soldier. <laughs> that's, that's the impression I got from the movies. I don't think they ever said that out loud. No, it's not just that. Uh, uh, let me see what this says about it. Um, 
But yeah, while you're looking at that, I'll just say that, you know, I do kind of wish I could have seen it without knowing where it was going uh, the whole time, because I think you're you're meant to, to to be surprised by that reveal. I still enjoyed it nonetheless, but um, yeah, it was weird sort of knowing. And I think the other thing that was weird is seeing the Michael Myers, um, Bucky, uh, having seen the later one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, where he, he really isn't so much like that anymore. Um, so it's like, it's kind of shocking. Like, I, yeah, I guess I had like a vague idea that like something like this happened. But um, yeah, I guess I didn't really understand like the level of brainwashing and stuff that, that happened where he's mm-hmm. like sort of programmed and um, mm-hmm. uh, wait, how did, how, how did he stay around for 70 years? So they put him on ice at a certain point. Oh, okay. Oh, is that why he's the Winter Soldier? (laughs) That's probably not it either. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. It's also Uh, weird because, like, Captain America was also frozen. mm Mm-hmm. It's almost like he could be the Winter Soldier. Well, the Winter Soldier, I know, is the name, uh, is the title of the comic where the character's introduced. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to see origins. Somehow it's hard to find this answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't really think you're supposed to worry about it that much, but it was something that popped into my head at a certain point. Um, Oh, it looks like, like that's just his code name. Yeah, like I thought. It's just this is just seeming to describe him. That's just this. He became a secret assassin, and that that was just his code name. The Winter Soldier, because mm-hmm. it sounds cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he's from this like he was like programmed in this like wintry Siberian-ish place, so he's a soldier from it's not always winter there but it's cold when it is winter and maybe he arrived there when it was winter and yeah no i agree i think it just sounds cool yeah it just sounds cool (laughs) um but yeah another thing i really like about the movie is is the introduction of falcon i think sam is a great character uh the the opening i mean now you got you 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 got the origins of on your left uh, from Endgame. Uh, and, ah, yeah. You know, which if you, you know, if you know, if you watch the movies in order, when you see it in Endgame, it's a really powerful moment to hear Sam say that. And you're like, out of nowhere, you know, leading up to this um, this climactic battle, you know, and like, and then obviously leading up to Steve. Yeah, I definitely did not appreciate saying, that when uh, I saw it. In the, him in finally the saying, uh, you're, the, you're the Avengers assemble, you know, huge line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I thought like Sam's character was um, just, he comes off on the screen, like you like him immediately. Uh, and then if you didn't already like him, he can fly. Um, <laughs> and like, I, I, you know, one of the moments I love is when they show up on his doorstep you know, after getting uh, um, 
almost destroyed by by Hydra uh, um, or Zola uh, in that bombing. Um, right. You know, he's like, hey, if Captain America needs my help, there's no better reason to do something, you know? And he, you know, so that whole thing of um, that mythology and the branding and the lore of Captain America that they, you know, engineered... <laughs> you know, for the war and then, you know, all that stuff, you know, um, you know, has this effect, you know, where, where he's seen as this big, great hero. And um, so I just love that moment when Sam kind of is like, you know, ready to suit up as it were, um, because he knows if Captain America is fighting for something, it's a good fight, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, even Sam's character gets a lot more interesting as it goes on. But uh, but yeah, I thought the, those three are a really good combo. Um, uh, Falcon, uh, Black Widow, and, and, and Captain America. So they're they're really good in this uh, in this movie. Um, the way they, the story bounces off those characters is really well done. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he's really heavily featured um, uh, in this one. Um, uh uh and to a degree in the next one and uh yeah it was it was it was kind of helpful to flesh that out uh because i think that didn't have time to come across as much in the avengers movies mm -hmm. um uh one thing that uh, i think is kind of interesting about um the character is uh i guess so yeah, th this is an example of something I was curious about, like who who made this Falcon suit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if I understand this correctly, um, I think, um, you know, he was like in the military and, you know, it came through them, but like, I think ultimately it goes back to a Stark thing. I have lost you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. I lost you, I think, for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, maybe I cut out or something. Um, I was just saying, like, he was in the military, and uh, and I think that's, like, where he got it, but I think they got it ultimately from, like, Stark, like, Tony Stark's company or, or something along those lines uh, made it. So it's, like, sort of from the Iron Man lineage of stuff. Um... Well, I think, yeah, the military, I think he, he was flying the suit in the military and, um, I assume they got the suit from the military. Cause he's like the last one is it, and, you know, behind three fences in a safe or I forgot what I described it, but you know, he's like, there's one left and they were going to go get that. So I assume that's where that came from. And then I thought like his later suit came from Stark. Um, Cause he gets, he gets like an upgrade like every time he's just in a new movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I started to wonder about that and yeah, I looked up. So I think in the comics, the suit was actually made in Wakanda. So that's a thing from, that's a thing they eventually do show. Yeah. Um, 
so so anyway uh yeah that was just uh because i was wondering if it was like supposed to be like you know vibranium or whatever it you know that, that's what they the shield uh captain america's shield also is stated to be uh vibranium yeah and, that's definitely from wakanda yeah um but in the comics it's adamantium uh apparently uh so anyway minor oh, tweaks that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they, you know, they'll like, they'll mess around a little here and there with some of these details to make it work, I think, the way they want it to. Um, uh, but, you know, vibranium is like the thing, um, at least as far as like earth metals go. Um, so I think it makes sense that they were like, let's, uh, let's have the shield be that. I'm looking up this thing of Captain America's shield being adamantium in the comics because I didn't, I've never heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just looked it up. I'm not, you know, I'm not a comic person at all. I don't know anything about it in, innately or whatever, uh, or not innately, what's the word, from experience. But uh, yeah, I just, I just read it. Where are you reading that? Because I'm reading something sort of different. Uh... Well, I have to look it up again. Let's see. Do do. Okay, here we go. Uh huh. Uh. Yeah, I guess. I guess the weird thing is. Um, I guess the weird thing is. Um, adamantium has vibranium in it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it says it on the Wikipedia page. Under, like, what? Under... Physical composition. For, I mean, what what's the page? Is it the shield? Oh, it's just it's called Captain shield. America Shield. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, anyway, uh... Oh, I see. Proto adamantium. Proto adamantium. Yeah, that's not the same as real adamantium. Okay. Apparently not. Okay, gotcha. Never okay, that duplicated. That makes sense to me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying it was like the same adamantium that that's in Wolverine would have been really surprising to me. So that's why I was like wanting to figure out exactly. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. But it's at least related. It's in the lineage. If they're calling it proto. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but, you know, it's chemistry. You know, you move one atom around and you got a whole different thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, according to the lore, it's not literally the same as the Wolverine stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the shield. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of um, all the acrobatics the shield can do and the way Cap fights with it. it um, you know, they really do a good job with his fighting style and just the crazy stuff via the shield, <laughs> you know. Uh, even uh, Peter Parker mentions that in Civil War. He's like, uh, um, oh, God, what was the line? Um, oh, he's like, that thing doesn't follow any, like, laws of physics <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of shields, acrobatics. Mm -hmm. Um I did wonder about the shield getting scratched, you know, like sometimes it gets these like scratches and scuffs and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like, oh, something's, I don't know. There's just something's really powerful. I, I don't know. Well, like, like uh, you know, um, Black Panther's scratched it, but he's got vibranium claws. Yeah, so that's what I, that's what it made me wonder, like, vibranium versus vibranium, like, Mm-hmm. what wins like you know it's like it's weird that it could damage its own thing like why wouldn't it get you know like i don't know it's just weird because claws are sharp because <laughs> claws are sharp okay okay and that's what i'm gonna go with because for... <laughs> claws are sharp for 400 um yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Civil War. Is there anything else to talk about on uh, on uh, Winter Soldier? I mean, I love it. it's. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was very enjoyable. Um, uh, you know, it ends with this teaser with uh, with Wanda and uh, her brother, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's kind of jarring if you go from this to the next movie because Ultron happened between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like the sort of redemption or, or turning of those characters like happens in between. So yeah, anyway, you pick it up and it's like, they're just like integral, well, the, not, not the brother cause he died, but you know, mm-hmm. anyway, just to say uh, that, that was, that was something that was strange about watching these um, as just a Captain America marathon versus just going through like Marvel's sequence, you know? Yeah. Um, it actually is a little bit more coherent if you if you just watch. But anyway, uh, I uh, I enjoyed the idea of the teaser. It's a good setup for Ultron more so than um, than Civil War because <laughs> that was the next thing in the in the pipeline. I That's guess. what they were setting up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that's it as far as this one goes. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a step up from the first one Mm -hmm. by far. Cool. All right. So what do you think of Civil War? Uh, okay. So for Civil War, you know, when I watched this, you know, cause I knew you were like, this is my favorite one. So I was like, okay, let's get into it. Um, definitely by the end, I was like, okay, I get, I get why this is your favorite one. Like, it's quite unique, um, among all the Marvel movies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there are multiple things about it that are interesting to me. Um, the first thing is, like, this initial thing that happens where, um, you know, the Avengers basically are are asked to sign this agreement to have like government oversight um, following the events of uh, Ultron. Um, Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I'm like worried I'm getting something wrong. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, and you know, I'm basically like, um, you know, Iron Man wants to do it. Captain America doesn't want to do it, which I think is funny. It's like, I'm Captain America, but I actually trust my country to oversee me. I don't know. That's He's not great. a patriot, you know? He's like, but that's, 
But that's exactly why his character is great because that's his pathos. Is he's the ultimate patriot who was who was um, disabused of his patriotism because he saw. I mean, his first task as a soldier was to be used for propaganda, and he believed it. You know, he believed in all that stuff, and that's what you see time and time again. Well, you see it in this the first movie, and then you see it again. In the second movie, when he believes in Shield, he's like, "Okay, uh, you know, I fought for the, mm-hmm. for the for the U.S. Okay, blah blah. Now I'm fighting for Shield, and then they're just Hydra. You know, they're just another organization. So he becomes, you know, the guy who's willing to sign up for the army and and, and jump on the bomb, the bullet. Sorry, the <laughs> the grenade. Um, you know, he realizes he has to have a bigger reason, and that these institutions um, don't." You know, as he even says, a civil war, right? Like that's why he he won't just sign up and say I will do whatever the government wants because people's agenda changes, you know. And so he can be behind them today, and then tomorrow he can be the enemy, which is exactly what happens. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. No. No. It totally makes sense. It's really just that, like, if if I if I looked at this from the outside, not knowing what they're mm-hmm. doing. I just wouldn't expect Captain America to be the one again, yeah. you know? And you don't expect Tony Stark, the rebel. No, but exactly. Right. I was just going to say that. The super capitalist individual person. That's, <laughs> like, why it's, that's why it's so well done is because they put the characters in these extremes where they actually have to rationalize to us why they have their viewpoints and to rationalize to each other. And they surprise each other, you know, even when that, when they're like, wow, like you're going to agree to these accords, you know, and she has to explain the, her calculus on why it makes sense to, you know, cause she's in the middle between the two of them. Right. right. She's like, well, this, you know, we have to say yes for now, you know, um, that's what makes sense. And I, I'm sort of on in, in her camp of like, it kind of makes sense to say yes and then break away when you have to break away. But, mm-hmm. and then Steve and, and, and uh, Tony are just, you know, zealous about their position, right? They're on the extremes of their position. So, which, which you need them to be because they have to, you know, you, it has to escalate to a really big fight. So that means they have to really be bought into their belief. It can't just be like, well, maybe this is right. It's got to be, I'm a hundred thousand percent sure I'm right. I'm so right that I'm going to, you know, go against my, my friends here, um, right. you know, for some bigger reason. And I, I just think they just, it's just so well done. Uh, and it's such a delicate balance of character work to, to do that. Right. And to do it right. And have like crazy action, <laughs> you know, in between, it's a really crazy mix. It's like the thinking man's, you know, superhero movie or something. Uh, you could take, you know, if you took out all the superhero stuff, it's still an interesting story. You know, you could you could dramatize this on stage, you know, without the action sequences, uh, and it would be an interesting, you know, story of like, you know, because it's 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 all it's you know they're debating like these themes and like what's valuable and the limits and all this stuff of like the security and 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 you know to your point about like thinking about the real world consequences of, of these, of a, you know, of a life and, you know, with superheroes, like they actually take a whole movie to deal with that. Of yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are we actually going to do here now that these people are around and, 
they have, you know, more power than a nuke in their hands and yeah. they're autonomous beings with no control. And so it's like, it's, it, I, I like the fact that it makes sense that this plot would arise naturally, you know, that they yeah. have to deal with that um, uh, in some sense. Uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting um, uh, place to tell a story from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 because I was thinking about that stuff, uh, I was really surprised that they went there. And, you know, like, the, the story ends up going in a somewhat different direction at the end. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But um, I was really pleasantly surprised that they started with this and really took it seriously. Uh, the idea that there would be, like, regulation of what they're doing. I, I think what it reminded me of the most of like stuff I've seen is like some of the Watchmen stuff, like mm-hmm. this idea of like, you know, outlawing masked Avengers, or, you know, like, or whatever they called it, um, you know, vigilantes, um, mm-hmm. like when they don't sign, like that's what they are, you know, mm-hmm. they're going out and doing, you know, what they think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, you know, with, very little accountability mm-hmm. for and so like yeah i love the idea that you know a government would finally be like no like this is uh you know we gotta like get a pull the reins on this a little bit there needs to there needs to at least be like some approval or something before you go off and you know break yeah. a bunch of windows or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's obviously a lot worse than that but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I really, uh, I really love that idea. Um, uh, so, uh, so the plot progresses and then, you know, we have this, we have this bombing at the UN, um, which is like, you know, mentioned in Black Panther and I was kind of confused by that. Um, mm-hmm uh but like it's you know it's kind of a big inciting incident because you know basically bucky is is framed for it um you know i think people watching the movie i mean i certainly had the feeling that i didn't think he was guilty Mm -hmm. um uh it felt like there was some shenanigans going on and and, (laughs) you know they do eventually reveal uh what's happening and so it's this it's this guy who's like from the from Sokovia, I guess, like in the aftermath of what happens in Ultron, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like his parents were killed. Is that what they said? Some his family was killed. Somebody was killed. Anyway, doesn't really matter uh, for the point I want to make. But just to say, like, I really liked the way the villain is incorporated into this movie in multiple ways. Uh, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the first thing was the way that um, you know uh, the 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 reveal about like why he's doing what he's doing like that was cool. Another thing I another moment <laughs> that I really liked was you know the, it, he's like he goes to this like place where they have these like super soldiers, um, mm-hmm. and you know, they think he's going to, like, wake up the super soldiers and, like, program them mm-hmm. and, like, use them. But he actually just yeah. kills them all. And he's like, you think I want more of these? Yeah. I, that's one. Zemo is one of the best 
like lower level villains that you've had in the MCU where it's another perfect combination of casting and the writing uh, where he just, he shines in that role so well. Like, and I agree, like there's nothing better than a villain who um, has a good plan and like knows how to execute it. Um, and he, that's what he does. And I do love that moment too, where we think he's going to, um, activate all the super soldiers. Cause what I want is I want to see my favorite heroes fight five super soldiers Mm -hmm. at a climax. That's what I'd love to see right now. Thank you very much. And he's just like, no, my philosophy, as I've been saying the whole time, is you guys shouldn't exist. So why would you think I would do this? And mm-hmm. I love that because it, it makes him, it reinforces the type of um, uh, intelligence that he has showed the whole time, you know, by being a step ahead. Every scene that he's in, up until that point, he's like ahead of everybody else. Yeah. You know, uh, he's he's always where he wants to be. And like they don't even know, you know, he's right in their midst, you know, about, you know, reprogramming Bucky to be the Winter Soldier, um, you know, by his own orchestration, you know, and they don't even know he's the bad guy until like that moment. Right. You know, uh, so it so to, you know, to have a character who can be that far ahead that long, you know, is 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 cool. Because you always want to see the characters have a you know face big challenges and big, right? Big, big villains and and uh, yeah, Zemo's and yet he's just a normal person, right? He's just a normal person. Like, he has no powers. He has. Yeah. He's just like whatever guy. And yeah, he managed. To, like I think I arrived at the same place, but um, I came at it from a different angle. I'm thinking, okay, obligatory battle with five super soldiers what they're not doing it like i was just i was just shocked that they didn't take the opportunity you know mm-hmm. um and like pleasantly surprised and and like that was the sign that the plot was going in a direction i wasn't really expecting mm-hmm. um and uh and so yeah i just i appreciated that and then the other thing that i just really really appreciated about the the end part of this is like they don't even like pay that much attention to him Uh, you know in the end like he kind of gets away except it's Black Panther or uh, T'Challa I should say uh, who you know apprehends him Yeah, who's like you know in the context of this story like a B-level character you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. he's the one who takes care of the main villain because they're not even paying attention to him. Well because the villain of the movie the villain and the hero are Iron Man and Captain America. Like yeah. he's not the villain of the movie, you know. He's 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 an antagonist, but he's not like the main. You know that all gets resolved. You know, like you're saying on the A level with uh, with Iron Man and Captain America. He's the, he's and I love the one who I would expect too, to be. I love, he's got his own character arc going on. He's got his own mini movie happening here, and he gets his own redemption where he just decides he's not going to go for vengeance. Yeah. Um, and uh, and what I love is how by by giving up that that stance, you know, which is sort of what Tony and and uh, Steve need to do, right? Uh, thematic level, um, 
he's able to, you know, have the time and opportunity to like do the job and apprehend the bad guy, you know? So I, I, there's something that feels right about that, you know, that he's like, okay, I, I, I was, I stopped being blinded by my vengeance and now I can just like do the job of justice and apprehend you here versus like, you know, Steve and Tony are busy still like mired and like fighting out their point of view, you know, and not just like letting it go. Right. Right. <laughs> and, right. You know. Yeah. So like, this is another thing that I just really appreciated because I was about to get like super annoyed with the movie and then they swerved around the problem I was having because like, you know, Bucky is framed for the murder of T'Challa's father. And mm -hmm. so he's like, going after him for revenge for like, you know, there's a chunk of the movie where this is happening. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark, you know, he sees evidence that that's not the case, that it wasn't Bucky. Mm -hmm. He knows this, but we never see T'Challa told this on screen. And so towards the end, I'm dreading the fact that he's just going to show up and not know and he's still going to be going after Bucky. And it's just, the problem is just no one's told him that mm. Bucky didn't do it, you know? But then he just shows up in the scene and he already knows. He already mm -hmm. knows Bucky mm -hmm. didn't do it. He knows this guy did it. And I was mm -hmm. just so relieved that we yeah. didn't have to go through this like fake thing where he's trying to kill Bucky and they're like, no, it wasn't him. And you know, mm -hmm. like that was just, mm -hmm. I was like feeling the tedium. And I was so relieved that they just didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because they had all the ingredients to make that the thing. And I really thought that's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, I appreciated that resolution. Like he's the character I thought was the villain, I guess I should say. And it's sort of a surprise reveal that he isn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least that's how it came across to me. Um, so I really appreciated that. Um uh, okay, so, and, and you know, I did, I did like, I did like, I think there's a lot of pathos and a lot of drama with, you know, and I mean, this is a superhero trope number two, at least, is like the death of the parents, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, so, so like Tony finds out that, that Bucky killed his parents, and this, so that, that was one like weird, like, detail that I thought was interesting is like, Bucky was innocent of this murder, mm -hmm. but not that but one. Later, because yeah, and it's and you get a reversal, right? That he was innocent the whole time. He had a secret guilt, and that will come into play right at the very end when it matters the most. Right, <laughs> right, right. When they could stop everything, Tony can't stop now because he just finds out what we knew this whole time. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. writing is just yeah. The, that's that's a better you know. It's just a higher level of writing, knowing when to have you know well you know reveal information for the for the most impact. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like that's you know, and they set it up earlier. Um, so it's 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 a it's a, a powerful moment that he realizes this, and I, I think there's another there's another little detail here. Um, uh, there's another little detail here that I didn't quite get because like they make a point of it at the end. Like, I don't think it was a hundred percent clear in the battle, at least not to me that, you know, that Steve knew that that happened, you know, 
Like, when did he, when and how did he actually learn that Bucky killed Tony's parents? You know, um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't totally clear on that. And I actually didn't even know that he knew until the letter thing at the end where he says that he knew and he should have told him, but he didn't, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to remember. I think he finds out. Oh man, that's a good question. I used to know the answer to that. Um, when does he find out? Uh, yeah, I have to look that up and see. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh... Yeah, so like, I didn't, I didn't actually think he knew before in this scene. I thought the point was just like, don't kill Bucky. <laughs> no, know? yeah, he did know before. He, I, I, I can't even remember if it was in the last movie where he in, in winter soldier where he saw a file that referenced yes yes um uh i think i think that i think i saw something on the internet about that that there's that there's a file um uh and and i and like that's although at that point yeah right right yeah 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 it's like when they declassify oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Stuff. no yeah 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 and winter soldier when they go and they're uh zola is talking to them about how hydra infiltrated shield there's a whole thing about the starks dying in a car accident and um um and i think that's when he see does he see some winter soldier in that scene Sorry, yeah, I think you're right that. that that scene was possibly part of it or the whole thing. Um, <laughs> let's just say it's in there somewhere, but I didn't catch it. So I, yeah, so anyway, it was a surprise to me at the end that like there was an extra level to the conflict that I didn't really mm -hmm. understand even when it was happening. Mm -hmm. you know because i thought the conflict was was simpler i thought the conflict was um oh shit bucky killed your parents okay well you know he was programmed like don't kill him now mm -hmm. like i thought that was like pretty much it i didn't really understand that there was this extra level of like you betrayed me you knew this thing and you didn't tell me you mm -hmm. know um, I think that I think that kind of took the took the conflict to a to a higher level and, and to, to sort of in the movie where he's like, I was wrong, I shouldn't have done that. I don't know, it was interesting. Like mm -hmm. it's a Captain America movie, you know, and it's 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 like he mm -hmm. sort of he sort of wins the the fight, you know, and, and you know, he prevails in a certain sense, but like it does end with like, you know, a kind of ambiguous note. Um of like the character admitting a mistake. I don't know. I, I thought that was I thought that was an interesting note of, uh, of the end as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I guess I guess uh, if if I wanted to criticize it or if I had to, I would say that you know as much as I did enjoy uh, the you know the sort of pathos of 
And, you know, maybe part of this is that I haven't seen the Iron Man movies and maybe, like, I would feel different if I had. But, like, you know, it's like the, the debate or the conflict between the characters starts with, you know, are we going to sign the agreement or not, you know? And I found that conflict, like, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the ramifications of it and so on. And... I think it, I was a little bit disappointed that their ultimate conflict actually has nothing to do with that. It's really just about this thing where Bucky killed Tony's parents, which is high drama, no doubt. But I find it a bit less interesting. And I mean, that's, you know, that idea is something I've, I've seen before, <laughs> you know, in other stuff. You killed my parents. I'm going to kill you. No, that's my friend. Don't kill him. You know, it's like it's classic drama in a way which is fine but it meant that the other stuff kind of took a back seat so anyway that was that was a a little bit of a disappointment even though like in the moment i was swept up in the drama and i enjoyed like all the resolution stuff and you know the ending um it was it was well done but i was left afterward thinking oh i feel like the agreement stuff like it kind of it kind of got a little lost in yeah because it ultimately other... is just the catalyst it's just really yeah. the catalyst for them sparking the the, the conflict exactly exactly so yeah I, I got a little bit of a like if you're going to go to loss like a little bit of a jacob and a man in black thing where it's like it's like we're having a debate about humanity but then there's this more like concrete thing of like you're trapped here and i won't let you leave you know and it's sort of like I wanted more about the other thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like, but what they actually really fight about is the practical thing. Yeah. You know, so. Cause the other thing isn't physical. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I guess in the play or play version or whatever that, that you were mentioning, you know, I, I guess I, I would like, I would like more about I that. shan't sign that accord. Just, uh... Exactly. These are lines I want to hear. <laughs> I have not a penneth in my hand to sign such an accord. Because I guess when you're in the on the stage, you have to be British, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it feels right. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's four hours long and it's boring. But it's a lot about the accords. That's what I want. I want a four-hour boring thing about the Accords because yeah. that's interesting to me. I know that a lot of people won't agree with me about that, but I, I don't know. That was a super interesting element of the plot that I, I yeah, I um, I just wanted more. But, uh, but you there know. wasn't any more. What, do you, what else do you want? <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted, um, I guess I guess I wanted further development, you know. I wanted more of like practical ramifications. Maybe um, maybe they sign it and it goes wrong, or they don't sign it and it goes wrong, or I don't know. And they do actually do that a little bit of that. Um, uh, through yeah, like basically Ant-Man the people that didn't sign just get imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that yeah, so they're. <laughs> Uh, there is that. Uh, there, there is that. Um, true. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess I, um, I guess I just found that idea fascinating enough to sort of contain, um, contain a story. Um, but yeah, I think for them, it was, it was the personal drama that really held the weight, um, uh, which I, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, and it did work. I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't say that, you know, the movie failed or whatever it, it mm-hmm. did the thing it did the thing it wanted to do um it's really just that they brought up an idea that i thought was more interesting than the movie did mm. <laughs> basically in in short but the movie brought up the idea so they must have thought it was pretty interesting true true <laughs> true they no, thought it was interesting like... interesting enough to bring up obviously yeah well, I bet if you want more of the Accords, you can go read the comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's more, probably true. But then more, I have to read uh, comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where Accords belong. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I do think, like, uh, I do enjoy that stuff. I, I think, you know, the practical ramifications of superherodom. Um mm-hmm. That's a that's a sort of general class of thing that um, that that works for me. I think I think it's just an easier access point for me into the idea. It's like it makes it easier for me to relate to the story because it like puts it in a term where I can like actually envision it, and it isn't just like pure bizarre fantasy. Mm. You know what I mean? So, gotcha. yeah. Uh, 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 glad they brought it up. You know, I, uh, uh, I wish they had been, you know, debating the finer points of section 3C or whatever, instead of like who killed Tim's parents, but, mm-hmm. you know. But nobody else wanted that. So that's the problem. Nobody else wanted that. Nobody yeah. else wants, you know, Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's why, you know, I think these movies, I'm not really the target audience for these movies. I have my own weird shit that I enjoy. And, you know, it's like, you know, like, like Twin Peaks season three got like horrendous ratings because, you know, it's not doing things that a lot of people want to see. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, there's a lot of stuff in that I didn't want to see either. Mm-hmm. But um, just to say, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I like is just a bit obscure or if not obscure, at least like idiosyncratic and um, yeah, maybe doesn't have, maybe doesn't have appeal to, um, to enough Americans or people around the world to, uh, you know, to get like hundreds of million dollars of funding and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it's like, I think that's what I've come to really believe about these these Marvel movies. I, I feel like I feel like there's something going on that's like a little bit similar to some of the stuff that happened in the studio system in in like the golden age of Hollywood or or in the 70s or something. Like there's this like machine with mm-hmm. like shitloads of money and you know they want to they want to use that money to make more money like that's really what they care about but mm-hmm. like within that there are people doing things that are you know more interesting than they need to be to like turn the profit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 
I appreciate the fact that there's, you know, there's something happening there. And it's like, so there's this like opportunity. It's like, you, you got to work your way into the world. You have to, there's conventions, there's a certain number of action sequences and there's like certain like points you have to hit, but like within that there's room to like put in something like, you know, like this, like these accords or whatever, where it's like, it's a super interesting idea, even if the movie doesn't have space to, to like really delve into details of like what that's about, you know, and like what that would mean. And, you know, and like really live in, you know, live in the world with that for like the whole time, you know, like that's more like what Watchmen did basically. Yeah. Cause this is a serious, this is a TV show. It can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, it's like, it's not really a criticism of the movie. It's really just a criticism. It's really just a, it's really just a, uh, it's really just like my own point of view mm-hmm. on like what I want from movies and stories and stuff. Yeah, I got you. Um, and uh, for like what the movie's trying to do, it's, you know, of the three, like by far the most successful, it had like a lot of great moments. And I think the character stuff was really strong. And I was just surprised how like the ultimate thing is like two Avengers fighting each other. Like, and that's, and like, it's a personal conflict. It isn't a plot conflict. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think all that stuff was really good, you know? Um I just, you know, I need my Accord miniseries. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah, well, I'm glad you see the uh, interesting qualities of the movie because it's certainly, yeah, for a superhero movie, it's it's unique and it, it's trying to do a lot of things we haven't seen before. And I mean, just, you know, yeah, so many great action sequences a lot of great character stuff. I mean, the whole stuff with Spider-Man coming out of nowhere. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, I think they should get a lot of credit for introducing this character. They had, like, two scenes before he has to show up and be Spider-Man. Uh, and they're, you know, coming up against several versions of this character having been portrayed to various levels of success and now we're going to see the first mcu spider-man and um yeah i think they did a great job with the character um tom holland to me is is the best spider-man uh the 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 way he plays it and the way they write the character and the age of the actor Mm -hmm. and all that syncs up to me perfectly um and um yeah, I just think they did such a great job with, uh, you know, having, you know, because he's Spider-Man, you know, he's he's an A-list character, you know, but um, so him coming in to all of these other Avengers that we've been seeing, you know, be cool and badass for all these movies was was hard to do. And that, that he did a good, they did a good job of like integrating him and making him really interesting and it helps when tony stark you know escorts him into the plot um because everybody loves tony you know everybody loved him so you know having that personal connection and 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 even that whole idea i really like that part of the movie where they decide you know each team basically decides they need reinforcements 
It's like, who do you know? I know this person. I got this idea of this person. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like this thing we haven't seen before. We're like, they're now. Yeah, now they got to, like, who else out there has got some powers or can help? And, uh, and so, yeah, and, it, and it's interesting how the teams even get aligned because, like, for most of those people, if the opposite person would have asked, they would have, they would have said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll fight for you. And that's, that's what makes, oh, you know, that's Sorry. what makes it really that's what makes it really interesting when they are doing the fight scene at the airport that, you know, for a lot of them, they're you know, like, you know, when Adman shows up, he, these are his heroes that he's you know, he's like, I know who you are, and I, like you guys are cool, you know, and uh and so it's like it's this weird thing where they they're not enemies, they don't want to kill each other. But the plot needs them to fight, and the plot needs them the fights to increase, right? And I just think um, uh, the way it, the way they, the way they wrote it is just so well done because it feels very organic the way it happens, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's surprisingly convinced, convincing um, uh, the way they uh, frame the the conflict and stuff uh mm-hmm. yeah i i really enjoyed i enjoyed the spider-man stuff in the uh avengers movies that even though i hadn't seen any of that stuff previous you know mm-hmm. um uh i thought it it came off very convincing they got they got pathos just within that that one um appearance uh so uh mm-hmm. yeah well, oh yeah they... sorry i was gonna say and now you see you know when you see civil war and you see tony is the one who brought him into all of this right yeah so, and they have that whole thing when when they're in the car and he's trying to open the door and peter thinks he's trying to give him a hug you know and yeah then, so that that's like the, the first bookend and then they in an end game your infinity war when you know when he's disappearing he hugs him you know it's like that that extra weight on tony's shoulders from losing this character that you know, that he literally personally escorted into all this nonsense, you know. Um, yeah, they just, they do a good job of piling on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that scene uh, where he goes to, like, recruit him and, you know, that scene where they're just, like, talking in his room. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought that's, yeah, it's just, like, a classic movie scene. Um, uh, but, like, yeah, they... I, it, it was much better than it needed to be because it was essentially functional in the context mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, and I think that's, I think that is like one secret to magic in stuff like this. It's like taking something that's like essentially functional, but doing something interesting with it. Yeah. yeah. And like making it actually something you care about instead of just like, this is business we have to get through to get mm-hmm. to the good part, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, well, the other yeah. thing I really wanted to mention from the movie that I, I forgot to mention is this thing that happens at the airport battle with Don Cheadle, mm-hmm. um, where, like, Vision is, like, firing... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...at uh, the Falcon, I think, and but misses, and, yeah. and so he hits Don Cheadle, and then, like, they're, like, rushing to save him, and they don't. Yeah. They fail and you just mm-hmm. watch him fall to the ground on screen i was like what the fuck yeah. that's not yeah. normal yeah that's that's what i mean about about how they ratchet up the the drama and the tension the whole time to where it's 
as you know, it starts with a polite disagreement to a strong disagreement to, okay, now we're not, now we're dis dissolving it. Okay. Now we're fighting each other. Okay. Now we're punching. Okay. Now we're blasting. Okay. And now we're really all out, you know, and it just goes in these like very specific levels. And then it's like, Oh shit. Now we've gone too far. Roadies are hurt. Like, you know, it reminds me like when, when, like when you're, when your kids are fighting or playing, you know, and you get lost in the thing you're doing and then like something happens and you, and only in that thing happening, do you realize how far you've gone. Right. So like, yeah, when, when, when it's all, it's no, you know, all the fun and games are over when no one can catch roadie. If someone could have caught him, Hey, we're still fine at this level right. of attacking each other, but like, Oh shit. Like vision couldn't do it. Falcon couldn't catch him. Iron Man couldn't catch him. Yeah. Well, no one, you know, like, so yeah, I, I, I love how they, it, it, it gives, like you said before, like, it gives they give the action meaning you know so even when it's just you know a martial arts or action sequence or whatever like there's still usually some important meaning behind why they're fighting and i think that is something that makes the movies extra you know uh, have a wider audience um, along with the other things they do with the stories where there's there's always some other genre of story that is being told you know um, you know like this this spy element that the Captain America movies have you know um, you know the, the comedic elements of you know Guards of the Galaxy you know what I mean like um, they're good about they're good about making sure that the character stuff is really good that it's informed by the, you know, the plot is informed by the character's work and, and that, that you're always, you always have at least one thing you can be liking, right? Like, oh, if I don't like this action sequence, but at least like, I understand why they're fighting or at least like, you know, I'm going to get to the next plot point, you know, or I like this style of, you know, genre that they're putting the story in, you know, so. They just they just have a lot going, you know. There's always, you know, when I and I'm I can't wait till you watch the DC stuff because it's like like night and day. Like I think you're gonna be really like, however much you like Marvel, like now I think when you see that you'll even get a greater perspective on how good they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and like he's like severely injured. And mm -hmm. I, I, they talk about it in the Avengers uh, stuff, too. Um, but, like, I think it's, you know, like, again, going back to my, like, wanting things to be realistic or something, like, you know, like, with the danger and, like, the extreme shit that's happening all the time, like, it makes sense that at some point, like, one of these characters would be, like, injured in a debilitating way, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and uh, so I was impressed that they like went that far, and the fact that it's Vision who does it of all yeah. characters. Well, one of the things that's interesting, if you if you watch the sequence, you'll notice that Vision, being one of the most powerful characters on the battlefield, stays out of the fights. Yeah, he only starts coming in towards the end of the fights, and he usually tries to slow people down or stop them peacefully, and um not peacefully but you know they're not like knocking them out uh and um 
you know, and, and so when he does start using his beam, you know, he literally carves a line in the sand, and that is a, a point at which the the sort of action and, and danger, you know, sort of uh, heightens again, or to the next level is like um, when they're running after uh, their who are they after um, they're trying to get to the plane and the hangar, and he like you know fires his beam and in the line in the sand, you know, and it's like, okay, if you cross this line, like we're going to get, you know, some crazy stuff's going to happen. Um, and, uh, and I feel like, you know, that was kind of a, a um, foreshadowing for, you know, cause once vision gets involved. Yeah. And you know, the, the other thing that's weird and don't quite get, they don't do anything with it, but, but that thing where Tony's like, vision what happened like how did you miss like what you know and he's like i got distracted and he's like i think that was possible he's like i didn't either and i'm like okay what does that mean like Mm -hmm. okay and we're not gonna talk about that anymore okay um uh but listen good for falcon for dodging that um it was a cool Mm -hmm. move the way he way he dodged it but um but yeah it is a it is a crazy it's it's weird how dark it is you know um yeah. These to be your favorite characters, and the the writers are not afraid to make them, you know, uh, do things that they are going to regret, you know, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, like no, it, I, it, that's a weird thing about having watched Wandavision, you know, the fact that it's so long, you know, those characters, in a way, I feel like I know as well as any characters in this whole Marvel world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Cause like I've kind of spent more time with them. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Captain America is now like in the running uh, from, from watching these three movies, but yeah. Um, uh, like knowing vision, it's like, I know he's like going to feel guilty about doing that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like using his power and then like, like it's friendly fire too that's the other thing that was interesting to me mm-hmm. like it's so rare that you see like friendly fire doing serious damage you know when you have like all these superheroes around you know yeah yeah throwing their powers you know like it makes sense that at a certain point it'd be like oh shit i just mm-hmm. hit someone on our side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know uh and so yeah like I, on multiple levels that was a really cool moment um Mm -hmm. and it really changed the game of yeah what could have just been a pure escape action sequence of like what if the avengers all fight each other yeah (laughs) you know uh and so they ended up getting real you know emotion out of that and um yeah so i yeah i have to i have to um since I didn't mention that before. So that, I mean, I don't know. that It's a lot of good stuff for one movie. I I, I do totally get why this one's... Did. You said this is your favorite of all the Marvel movies, like including the Avengers. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. I, um... I could... I could see... I think if I... If I actually watch them again and, like thought about it more carefully i could see myself thinking that because i do think that this movie had probably the most the largest number of interesting moments all in one movie yeah um 
you know and it's uh, really rewatchable too that's the other thing it's i think it it beats out some of the avengers movies because i think especially like endgame and, and infinity war aren't that rewatchable to me because the the story is so specific and final um and right. it, it's yeah i would i would rewatch civil war more yeah yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the ultimate thing. So mm-hmm. I I kind of wonder where they're going after that. You know, like where are they going to take this thing? Like that was so extreme what they did. Like, mm-hmm. where dude, I think they're just getting. I think they're just getting started. I think the next few movies look really crazy, and um, uh, I think Doctor Strange Two is going to really change the game. I. Uh, it's supposed to be their first horror movie. And I think the idea of trying to do a Doctor Strange movie, um, you know, with the type of visual effects they do, and they're specifically trying to make it horror, and Scarlet Witch is in it, mm-hmm. uh, who's also a reality bender. Uh, I just think they just yeah. have a playground that's really, really huge um, to really show some novel stuff. And I have my hopes pretty high that it'll be, it'll really stand out. It'll be a different, you know, a completely different type of MCU movie than we've ever seen. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to that one. So I think, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, that is what I'm also looking forward to. Yeah. I'm curious what the overall arc of the next several phases are going to be, you know, since we had the first three be the sort of infinity saga. Um, I'm curious what, the next three phases are gonna be about in like that big macro sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, what clues will we start seeing about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, some of the stuff with WandaVision, you know, like even I think Agnes saying, oh, X, X person is coming, or I don't know, there was some foreshadowing about like, um, what happens when the Scarlet Witch arrives or something, you know, remember yeah. there's something about that. Like, yeah, yeah, sort of a prophecy. Like, yeah, thing. if you think I'm yeah. bad, just wait till other person comes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that might be part of it. And um, yeah, I'm curious uh, for sure, like what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, I mean, you know, the, the fight sequence at the end with uh, Iron Man and Captain Winter Soldier, I mean, it's uh, it's brutal. It's crazy. It's 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 weird to see them fighting that strongly against each other. Uh, but just the actual mechanics of the fights, I love. You know, I think this the you know Marvel's also really good about always showing us new stuff in the fight sequences. You know. Obviously, like every movie, Iron Man has a new suit that has new powers. Um, every time we see Falcon, he's got a new suit with new tricks. Like they're always making sure that they're not repeating themselves on what they show us, you know. Um, and you know, even you know, Winter Soldier gets arm upgrades. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, they're they're always doing that. And uh, and uh, I think yeah, the, some of the fight sequences here. Uh, really kind of showcase that, you know, um, obviously Ant-Man going at the giant man, 
mm-hmm. you know, and and, yeah. and and then we get to see Vision's powers. We, you know, we see for the first time his like, uh, uh, like the phasing, like you know, I guess that was the first time, but you know, see him phasing, uh, and then. I guess it's, I don't know if it's quite clear if you don't really know what his power is, but, um, you know, his phasing, he basically can like, like change the density of, the, of his molecules. And so like, that's oh, okay. why, he, that's why he can phase through things. So he can make himself so less dense that he can phase through things, but he oh, also okay. can make himself incredibly dense where he's like impenetrable. And so there's that one shot where he like goes into like a cannonball pose and like mm-hmm. thrust himself into giant man and mm-hmm. that's you know I, I think we're supposed to assume he like increases density dense ex- stuff. yeah yeah did stuff yeah <laughs> and hit him with the you know density cannonball uh but it's so it, you know i i like seeing you know characters using their their powers especially those sort of esoteric ones like that that you don't really see all the mm-hmm. time in, in the classic fight scenes and um yeah, Ant-Man touches on that a little bit, uh, the density thing. Um, and uh, they had a scene with Falcon where he could, like, see Ant-Man with his glasses. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that the glasses did anything but, like, protect his eyes. Like, I... <laughs> I was... Yeah, he has a... I think that that's a later upgrade where he's got a HUD in there. He's got a display, like, Iron Man or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just like tracking him easily, and like usually the thing with Ant Man is like he goes small and you can't see him, mm-hmm. or at least like you have to know where to look, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he, he like... completely, yeah, he completely. That's a that's a thing about character matchups. Sometimes characters like their power is completely useless against another character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he basically just had to like disable the technology. Like that was the only way to fight like it's like if your shit's working i lose yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like yeah like i don't know i yeah i was i was surprised that. i was like wow that's like some powerful that's like i didn't even know i knew he had like some things but it's like uh, it made me realize mm-hmm. i didn't even know the full extent of like what his rig can do mm-hmm. you know yes yeah, you know, really see everything yeah, he's got Red Wing, which is the little drone. Oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the in the comics, uh, it it was an actual Falcon. Yeah, had. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I saw that. I think that's an interesting thing that like comics do sometimes. Like I felt that way with Ant Man too, where it's like he's Ant Man because he can make himself small, but then there's also like the mind controlling of the ants. Mm-hmm. which is like actually a separate thing like it's not even the same technology mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. they seem like they're related <laughs> it's almost but, like it, it's almost like he's got to have both because he needs to be small enough to be able to talk to them yeah <laughs> but obviously not really yeah 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 because michael douglas is doing it too like full size mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it's like it's like it's 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 like a connection that isn't really there, but is I don't know. It's almost it's like Iron a Man being a, it's like Iron Man being a billionaire. You know, it's just like an extra bonus that comes in handy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, just the idea that like he had an actual Falcon and then he becomes a you know, it's just like mm-hmm. th- that. That's not related, right? But like it's sort of poetically related. I don't know. It's like it's just it's strange. It's. Mm-hmm. 
It's, it feels like a quintessential comic book thing. Yeah. It's like somehow the superhero that they become was was within them all along or, or something. In some in some sort of poetic sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, yeah, Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man because he's, yeah, he's, he's got the spider inside of him. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Is he actually supernatural in the in the Marvels in the MCU stuff like yeah yeah just he using was, technology no I got a little confused by that yeah he was bitten by a radioactive spider it did happen okay okay yeah. okay mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was just good at gymnastics and his, he had technology his um no he's he's got super strength and speed and agility okay. and everything, all that stuff okay that's okay. why he's so I mean that's why he's so and that's one of my favorite things about how they depict him is is his um you know, his spidey sense, right? Like that idea that he has heightened senses, he can sense things coming before they kind of happen. It's almost this little, you know, it's like a sixth sense almost. I guess it technically is a sixth sense. And um, mm-hmm. um, literally. <laughs> literally a yeah. sixth sense. And, um, but it makes it, it makes the way he fights and the way he responds to people throwing things at him or fighting him really fun to watch. Because a lot, you know, he's so fluid that he goes along with the acts and the motion. And one of my favorite things, I remember this from the cartoon too, like when, you know, somebody somebody chucks a, a huge thing at, at, at them and he doesn't just like dodge it or block it. He will shoot it with his webs and change the momentum and throw it back at them, mm-hmm. you know. And I've always yeah, loved yeah. that about Spider-Man, that like quick response type of fighting um and um like infinity war does a great job at that when he shows up to fight uh when they're trying to take um uh dr strange uh mm-hmm. the children of danos are there and like you know uh uh the guy with the telekinesis like throws a billboard at spider-man and you're like oh shit oh he just got knocked in the face with a billboard it's like nope he just stuck to it and flipped around three times on it and now uh, he's just gonna swing his web away it was no big deal you know what I mean? It's just like he saw that coming. Not a big deal. Um, right. uh, so yeah, I like a lot. I like a lot of how they depict uh, depict the Spider Man in, in Civil War. I thought it was a great like start to his character. Yeah, um, and even the whole thing where like he has that that character moment with with Steve Rogers, where like you know Steve's like, okay, I'm like this is a kid. I'm not gonna like whoop his ass. You know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because I am Captain America, like this isn't really going to be a fight, um, and uh, and so you know Steve like knocks the like landing gear off of a plane and it lands on top of Spider Man, so he's kind of holding them there, you know, <laughs> and um, uh, and he's like, you know, where are you from, kid? And he's like, he's like, you've got a heart. Where are you from? And he's like, Queens. He's like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, you know. And just those little touches of, mm-hmm. like, he recognizes, like, this is a good kid. He, you know, he's in over his head. Um, he doesn't really know what's going on yeah. here. But, but like, I'm not going to hold this against him. You know, like, this isn't, you know, I, I need to go and do, to do grown folks business now. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like that moment. Yeah, I get, I get a little bit of, like, a boon vibe with that where it's, like, it's like he gets pulled in this dangerous situation and, mm-hmm. you know, ends up being like sort of sacrificed. I mean, I guess he comes back in the end, but. 
you know, in the moment, like that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, then he gets his bell rung and he's like, you know, uh, can't really hang. Cause this is, you know, that's the other thing too. It's, it's really just the beginning of him being Spider-Man, you know? So he's not, yeah. he's not as seasoned as these other characters. Yeah. And that's what I even love too. Like when they even start the fight, you know, Tony's like, well, okay, do what I told you to do. And he's like, yep, yeah, just web them up. You know, he didn't tell him to go, you know, go toe to toe with the Avengers. He's like, just slow him down, web them up. You know what I mean? Uh, buy some time, you know? Uh, so I, I again, I, I like how they, you know, they, they went in being forced into this confrontation, but still wanting to hold back and still wanting to like, you know, get out of it in some way, but not really backing down from their position. And um, right. yeah, it's a, it's a delicate thing to kind of write that. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, uh, Another version of that thing that I thought of was like with Wanda, it's like, is she the Scarlet Witch because she has red hair or does she have red hair because she's the Scarlet Witch? I think, I think, yeah, I think the answer is yes. Or none of the above. I don't know. Mm It's like, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, but there was a destiny, right? That was a thing already. You know, it's like, it's in the book of whatever they call it, you know? Well, but it's like, she's Scarlet Witch because the character was created in a comic and visually created to fit the name Scarlet Witch. So probably would have red hair. Uh, You know, so it's like one of those things where it's like the name and the character and the design are being created, you know, at the same time. Uh, right for a lot. so so yeah it becomes yeah you're falcon so okay you're gonna have a falcon right and you're gonna have you know you know what i mean it's like all these things just come with it yeah when you're creating those characters yeah 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 there's a certain logic to it sort of visually and when you mm-hmm. see it in a comic form but like when you're telling a story like the cause and effect gets a bit weird yeah well that's why she's not even scarlet witch during any of this time in the mcu right. they don't even pretend yeah. to, they don't really even like try to address it that way yeah when i saw that on the internet it, it really threw me mm-hmm. uh, i was like what's this no one's ever said this like i didn't even know this was a thing mm-hmm. um and then it's like revealed in wandavision and i'm like oh okay well i i, I guess that's why they wrote that there yeah yeah, and that's what's cool is they, they, they just have proven that they know how to deliver on long-term storytelling and long-term visions. So even to say, okay, we're not going to give her this code name, we're not going to call her Scarlet Witch for a while, and then when we do say the word Scarlet Witch, it's going to come with some meaning. It's going right. to, you know, new mythology or what that even means, because if you thought she was a badass now... Right. <laughs> Like yeah. she's just realizing what magic really is. It's gonna you know? get really crazy. Yeah. yeah, she's she's learning the fundamentals, and now she's gonna go read the dark hole. That's why I'm like, that was the other thing that makes me really excited about Doctor Strange too. Is it's not just the same Wanda, not you know, not even just Wanda from the Avengers movies, but the Wanda who created Westview. Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, it's Wanda who's been spending time reading the dark hole. So right. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. is she going to be capable 
yeah, what is she going to be capable of? Um, uh, you know, as they show us in Doctor Strange too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get the projection thing now. Finally, <laughs> that really confused me at the end. What thing? Um, the like, I forget what they call it, the something projection, where it's like you can like oh like an astral projection or something yeah like your body could be over here but like your spirit form can be like reading a book in the other room or something like that really confused me when i saw it originally because i didn't know that that was a thing from dr strange but oh gotcha when you watch dr strange it's like oh okay 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 i get what they're going for there it sort Mm -hmm. of makes sense Mm -hmm. so again it's like you if you really want to understand every little, you know, they, they're very inclusive. I think you can get like the gist of most things, even if you come in, like not having all the background, like they, they try to like calibrate it in that way. But if you really want to understand every single moment, like you got to keep up with all the stuff. You got to watch it all. It's all in there. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I'm surprised how many things they weave together. And it's like, you can't just be like, no, nah, I'll just skip like this. Like that shit will come up. Yeah. And maybe it'll just be a scene, but like, you'll be like, what's going on in this scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So they really, I don't know, they get you. And I feel like the other thing they do is like, they'll have like a B character where it's like, you know, um, you know, that, that's kind of how I feel about the Doctor Strange movie. Although I do enjoy Doctor Strange, it's like, I really want to see the development of the stuff from WandaVision, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like um, in, in Winter Soldier, it's like, maybe you don't like Captain America, but like, there's a lot of Black Widow in the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. As sort of mm-hmm. like, as sort of a side, or even Falcon, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so it's like, I feel like in, in some of these movies that there's sort of a um, a side character who gets like heavily featured but isn't the main character mm-hmm. and it's sort of an enticement you know if you like that character you can come watch this movie even if it's not about your favorite character or mm-hmm. I guess the other way around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like you like the main character but then you get exposed to this other character and maybe you now want to go see their movie you know <laughs> it's just such a vicious cycle you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) they just want to trap you forever yeah well they just want to entertain you and they do a good job of it (laughs) they do a great job you say entertainment i say trap you know i mean (laughs) tomato tomato Mm mm-hmm but yeah, just like wallowing in the Marvel soup for a few days, I just, yeah, I really get the sense of how it can just take over your entertainment life. Mm-hmm. Well, the quality's so good. I mean, you know, that's the problem. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's, there's franchises and, and content that there's a lot of that the quality isn't great. But then there's this stuff, you know, um, where it's a lot of stuff and the bar is pretty, pretty high on the average, you know, and be, and then because of that, all you need is 
for the characters to be interesting. And if you've already seen some of it, then the, like you said, it's a vicious circle where like the more you watch, the more you like it because the more you're getting to know these characters um, and then you just want to see more of it. <laughs> then they, yeah. And then you just want to see more and then you want to see more, 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 and, more. and more. And this is why comic books have been, you know, a hot commodity for you know, generations, you know, right. like, come on, more story, more story, more story. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm calling the trap, but mm-hmm. you can, you can also just look at that as, you know, the normal sort of way that you do a continuing story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, in that way, like serialized TV shows are traps too. You know, they want you to come back. They want to keep you in there, invested in yeah. the thing. But it's mutual. We want to we want to be there too. You know, I think when it's really good, you you <laughs> you want to you are willing to take the trap. It's a trap mm-hmm. you want to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It's a yeah. It's a trap that I walk into willingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. If it wasn't enjoyable, I definitely wouldn't bother watching any of them. I just it's just such a. It's just such a machine, you know. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sort of in awe of the scale. Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels like it just feels like it's bigger than any of us. And <laughs> soon, soon there won't be anything but Marvel. I don't know. It's just it's so all encompassing. Feels like they could just take over everything. <laughs> but but you know. There's so many franchises like this that are just that are big, man. Like and Disney has most of them. Uh, <laughs> of course uh, they do. But yeah, I think I think Marvel is, um, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's and then the TV shows. I think it's only going to get bigger, you know. But if you look at like Star Wars, I think I just think like, you know, in terms of expecting quality from movies, you don't expect them to be that great the new ones um yeah i haven't seen any of the new ones but um yeah i wouldn't i'm not even the world's biggest fan of the old ones even though Mm -hmm. they're obviously like iconic i can't deny their impact on culture and so on and they do have moments that i enjoy but yeah i think i'd rather watch any of these marvel movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite frankly I don't think there's any of them that I didn't sort of enjoy more in a way than <laughs> than the star, even the classic Star Wars movies. And I, I haven't seen the new ones. Mm-hmm. I, I only saw two of the mid 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 prequels. Gotcha. And those weren't great either. <laughs> they were probably worse than the old ones. Like I think the old ones are the good ones, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. They did they did reference it though. They referenced uh, Empire Strikes Back with the giant Ant Man, um, with um, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, Peter Parker. Peter Parker so, doing yeah. the wraparound with the with the rope. Yeah. It was very explicit. And actually, there's some flying around that happens in something that I watched. Is it Guardians of the Galaxy or is it a? Uh, Captain Marvel, I don't know. They're all just running together. Anyway, where they're like flying around through canyons. Really reminded me of Star Wars as well. I think Star Wars is just influential in general on any kind of 
sci-fi mm-hmm. action thing because it was so but, you know and it's so funny how how much they stole from star wars you know what i mean like have you seen those videos of like <laughs> those early serials that george lucas just completely stole scenes oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah 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 no i mean that was the idea like that was sort of the genesis of the thing it was like i want to bring these serials to a movie form mm-hmm. like and yeah that just ended up being very appealing apparently yeah i mean but not like adapting it but just like literally stealing it like literal sequences are like line for line out of other movies you know and it's just like oh other movies yeah sorry i thought you were yeah. just talking about um from like um like serial comics or something no there's actual like some of the sequences are you talking about the kurosawa in... stuff uh there's some of that but there's there like the the um the whole run on the death star oh mm -hmm. is out of a whole other movie oh what movie is that it's it's like a world war one movie oh and or something and it's like uh i'll have to find the link but it's like shot for shot line for line the same exact thing oh okay uh, yeah it's weird it's weird so he's to doing see. like a tarantino-ish thing i guess well, meaning what uh meaning he was taking a scene from another movie and recreating it oh basically i i see it more as like a form of plagiarism when, well, people said that about Tarantino too. Yeah, I think I think when people know what it's from and you don't tell them, that's fine. If people don't know what it's from and you don't tell them, I think that's when it becomes weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the distinction in my head. <laughs> At the time, you know, yeah. it wasn't clear that these awesome sequences came from something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that was definitely true for um, some of the, t- especially Reservoir Dogs. I think like the plot and many of the sequences and shots are straight out of this movie, uh, mm-hmm. Hong mm-hmm. Kong action movie. I forget what it's called. Uh, anyway, just to say, um, that's, that's why that reminded me of that. Because like, it is, it is, um, it is, uh, there's a lot of theft there, but like he also like, put a signature on it you know um like there's stuff in it that isn't in the movie he copied from you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i think like when that's done well it's like you steal this thing but like you know what you surround it with gives it you know gives the overall thing its own personality so you know um if the rest of the movie isn't like the world war one movie then it would be like more like the quentin tarantino thing You know, but if the whole World War One movie is about like, you know, <laughs> the same thing as Star Wars, then that would be weird. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, well, cool, man. Anything else on Winter uh, on Civil War? Uh, I think I think I said everything. I mean, I might have forgot something, but uh, uh. But yeah, no, I think I think that's it. It's uh, yeah, very good. 
thumbs up. Uh, I think this, uh, you know, like I said, I feel like I'm not familiar enough to really like have a firm ranking in my mind, but this is definitely one of the better ones that I watched. So I nice. definitely agree with you on that level. Like it's, it's, it's way better than, it's way better than I expected and way better than I think it needed to be to like, mm -hmm. you know, deliver the box office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I, think... I think about like Freddy versus Jason, you know, um, which I feel like is like sort of in this realm of like, let's put these franchises together. Let's sort of have these like big characters like fight, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> as a spectacle, you know, um, but they did it in a way where I actually cared about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so what Freddie and Jason needed was more chords and it needed a plot where Freddie and Jason had a philosophical disagreement about <laughs> some slasher accords and uh, the rules by which slashers will be governed. Mm -hmm. um uh yeah more chords i don't know yeah i i don't know how you really do that i think with horror like it doesn't really work very well in general i don't know if there is a story um accords for slashers i mean hey <laughs> i'll believe it when i see it i'd love to see it <laughs> i'm on board yeah, maybe that's the movie, you know, uh, in a world with slashers, they have to regulate it. And um, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It feels, it feels like a farce, but, uh, but I, let's see what someone drive at. Mm -hmm. Hey, Freddie, will you sign this accord? He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. The end. <laughs> it's a short movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But why it has lots of accords. <laughs> I think we've all learned that I really like accords. Honda accords. Yeah. Um, yeah. Accordions. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Acorns. Good one. Is that close enough? That's um, pretty close. That's pretty close. Um, cool. Well, I'm glad you are catching up on the MCU. I think you've gone from zero to uh, Iron Man level. A lot. Yeah, I think um, I'm curious when you go see the original Iron Man movies um, and because those have their own thing. I, I like them in a different way than I do the Captain America ones. And mm -hmm. then I think um, the Thor movies are probably the worst three um, in terms of there's there's some okay stuff throughout the first two. I think Ragnarok is pretty solid overall. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed that one. Yeah, it, it, they had to find a different... 
I think I think that's a character where um, he changed uh, yeah. over time. You, you know, can see it in the, the type of the type of scenes he's good in, and that yeah. the audience like really likes him to be in. And yeah. I think that the actor wants to be in. He wants Definitely. more comedy. You know, that's why we get Fat Thor. Yep. You know, like, um, and I think. Yeah, that early Thor stuff where he was the classic God of Thunder and, and very English actor, like, the, you know, or, you know what I mean? Like, very yeah. like, Victorian-sounding, like, very, like, yeah. um, the the old-school, like, Classic idea. British, Scandinavian God yeah. thing. Yeah, and then he loosened up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. got, like, another interesting character. You know, he became, like, a surfer god mm-hmm. or, or the surfer of, of what am i trying to say the uh the god of surf and thunder or something <laughs> yeah 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 it's just it just worked better and yeah it's sort of like adapting the character to the actor's strengths and mm-hmm. yeah in some cases like with robert downey jr like they're dialed in right away to the thing mm-hmm because, like, it fits his style, like, really well, that character. But, yeah, I think the way Thor was written, it's, I don't know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to really pull off. I, I, I definitely liked the way they developed that mm-hmm. character. And, and by the time it got to Ragnarok, like, it, to me, that movie was super entertaining. I really enjoyed it. I, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with the plot of the first two movies because I think it's when he's in Asgard and he's the prince, he's the king, you know, the prince. Mm-hmm. And, and and who's gonna get the throne like the plot is demanding that the character be that way mm-hmm. so i think once he gets past that stuff um yeah it's like he's free stuff. yeah he's free to like be a different you know character mm-hmm. yeah yeah decide who he wants to be instead of just like being forced to act this particular role mm-hmm. that he's like born into yeah um cool well yeah glad you are catching up on all this stuff yeah you're like learning the pop culture it's it's awesome this is what the yeah 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 talking about now you see what all the fuss has been about oh man i've seen people talk about it and i'm like hey i know that thing (laughs) i know what you mean (laughs) it's crazy Mm-hmm. It's crazy because yeah, I've just been like out of that bubble for so long. Um, I mean, until yeah, until this year, I guess. Uh, that's when WandaVision came on, right? Like, yeah, that was the whole turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think WandaVision is proof that like Marvel can encompass like some really crazy shit. Oh, yeah, nothing's off limits, um, anything's possible. The fact that they did that show, like, uh, is, yeah, I don't know. It 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 makes me pretty hopeful for, um, for what they can do in the future, and also like it gave me encouragement to give this older stuff a chance. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was that was a good bridge, I think. Yeah. Because it's, like, in my wheelhouse. It starts off with this really off-kilter, like, sitcom mm-hmm. parody, bizarre thing that's, like... <laughs> yeah, 
you know, like super weird. Uh, and, you know, like witch lore and stuff, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, like I'm so on board for that. And then, and then it's like, but once you've accepted that, it's like, okay, you know, uh, it gives me a bridge into, uh, into the other things they want to do. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the Avengers movies kind of did that too, in a way, because they they introduced like a lot of characters, and and so you can really like get a sense of the the breadth of what they have to offer. Um, yeah. it's like a buffet of like Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's fun to join the party. I, it is something that uh, you know I'm glad it doesn't just feel like homework. You know, it doesn't just feel like on. I can like hold a conversation at a cocktail party or something. I'm glad it doesn't just feel like I'm doing this so I can like hold a conversation at a cocktail party. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's, it is enjoyable in its own right. Mm-hmm. Oh, cocktail party where they're talking about the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do they not do that? I don't know. I don't know that I've even ever been to a cocktail party. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a party where there's cocktails, but mm-hmm. I feel like cocktail party has a connotation that mm-hmm. that I've never, I've never. I played. think if you had been to a cocktail party, you would know if you've been to a cocktail yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right about that. That's the one thing I know about cocktail parties. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like you know, like you stay up with like whatever news or or some something you know, just to like be able to like or sports or like whatever people do you know so you can like have a conversation about it you know Mm -hmm. um and that's a cool side benefit but yeah i just i uh i mean you know it's worth podcasting about so like it's gotta be there's gotta be something there yeah man i uh yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing uh what you know where they go from here but what's uh next in your list to watch uh well i mean at this point it's basically going to be black widow which is the current one that's out um uh if you mean aside from that i'm not actually sure i haven't i haven't settled on the specific thing to go to next like there was a specific plan uh and that plan has been completed and yeah so now it's just sort of um yeah, whatever, uh, whatever seems interesting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm vaguely interested in most of the other things that I haven't seen. So, yeah, it'll just be a matter of time. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun living in the Marvel world. It's, uh, it's its own, like, universe, as they say. They literally say that. They literally say that. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. And uh, I think we'll be back with some more MCU talk when uh, Justin sees some more movies slash TV shows. Um, Yeah, there's Loki to talk about. Um, Have you seen that? I've seen that. There's Falcon and Winter Soldier, if you're interested Mm -hmm. in watching that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, you've got the Iron Man movies. You've got some Mm -hmm. Thor movies to watch. Yeah. And Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man movies to watch. Yeah. Um, There's also like all those like ancillary Marvel shows. Yeah. 
that I'm vaguely interested in, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, things of that ilk. Yeah, they just officially said that isn't canon, but I really, 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 really liked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They just officially said that isn't canon. Yeah, basically, like, um, anything... They fucked up in there somewhere? Well, canon... I love it. Now I really want to watch it. Sorry, canon canon for the MCU, like, specifically. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, like, anything before... Any show before WandaVision, they're saying, isn't explicitly canon. But I don't know anything that's in there that really is screwy. Um, oh okay but uh, maybe it's just more that it's not on disney plus so yeah i think it's yeah and i think it's it's they want to be officially free from it it could be some of the stuff they're working on now might you know conflict Mm -hmm. right conflict stuff we haven't seen yet so yeah 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 but i think agents of shield is worth watching um i really yeah yeah that's something i was seriously thinking about and yeah yeah, you know, I enjoy TV shows about shit, so mm-hmm. it's definitely about some shit. Something that's like said in the way, and you know, there is like uh, quite a bit of Shield stuff, um, yeah. especially in uh, Winter Soldier. I think when you've seen the movie, the all the movies that deal with Shield stuff, like because when when Agents of Shield came on, I didn't care about Shield at all, mm-hmm. and uh, or Coulson really, and mm-hmm. so when I went to actually watch the show, I actually cared at that point. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is interesting to me now. I actually care what's happening. And then, uh, yeah, the show's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely on that Alias vibe. That, mm-hmm. like, really good, like, action. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. 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 Which, like, mm-hmm. the Captain America stuff is already, like, a little bit in that direction, but mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the TV show, I think they can, yeah. Yeah, totally I might check out this. Agent Carter. I didn't really mm-hmm. care about watching her show, but uh, it's probably pretty enjoyable. I think it was only one season, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly short. But, yeah, I wouldn't have cared about it before either, but it, I do feel like, from what I've seen, there's probably potential there. Mm-hmm. For, uh, for something for something interesting and just the fact that they would do that I I don't know it's again it's 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 a trap it, it, will, mm-hmm. it will it will envelop us all <laughs> and we will want more uh, yeah so we can also podcast about Captain Marvel you saw that oh yeah 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 I just I just watched uh, there's shield stuff in there too mm-hmm Yep. Some well, like the, older shield stuff. Yeah, we get the reveal of Fury where he lost his eye. It's, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That was such a trolling. Oh my god, that was so ridiculous. The whole mm-hmm. thing with the cat and like it's not a cat. It's a flurkin. Like, okay. Oh my god. And it like it vomits the Tesseract. Sorry. Sorry to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen Captain Marvel, but that shit was ridiculous. I yeah, I enjoyed that. It's fun. Yeah. And I appreciated it way more. Like, you can see that they released it later because it's like, you know, they're like setting up things from earlier. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I have an idea. The Avengers Initiative. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, his eye gets hurt. It's like, how's your eye? Oh, it's fine. No problem. Yeah. Mild injury. (laughs) They really, uh, they really, uh, they really plan with the audience's expectations. Mm-hmm. 
I appreciate it. And uh, also the Captain Marvel stuff was relevant to WandaVision with the uh, Monica Rambo part. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I appreciated that more because I had seen WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I know what this ties into. I kind of have some idea what the context is here. Um, again, they, 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 will, they will take your soul. <laughs> but only with consent because you don't have to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, no. You're I mean, you're like a guy who goes to a buffet and complains there's too much food. Well, yeah, yeah. You're totally. like you're like they want me to eat all this. They're all, yeah. they they want me to be really satisfied. And how dare they? That what, that is. I'm so yes. suspicious of how much they're catering to. That's me. me. That's me exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can just I can feel them beckoning me with all of these like trays of shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like. It's like, I do want to watch it, but I also feel you, like, you know, like, directing me towards, mm-hmm. you know, my, uh, I don't know. Desires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my waffles or something, you know, like, I don't know. My waffles. Yeah. Just, you know, waffles. I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to think of something you have, like, you know buffet situation well now i want waffles in a right now situation (laughs) waffles are good anytime that's you know that's one of my weaknesses if i see pizza i want pizza Mm -hmm. like there's just a thing in my brain if i'm watching a show and like i don't want pizza at all and then on screen is pizza i immediately i'm like i need pizza right now yeah it has to happen yeah yeah I, I think there actually was a sponsorship, but I used to really suspect that the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of, like, partnering with Big Pizza to, like, make mm-hmm. kids, like, beg their parents mm-hmm. to buy pizza. I mean, pizza was already cool, and then the turtles yeah. eat it. It's, come on, yeah. now I want more pizza. Yeah, it's, like, extra, yeah, like, oh, pizza's, like, the yeah. thing. Like, yeah, because if, be, if you want to be, like, a Ninja Turtle, you should eat pizza, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's the opposite of what happened with Popeye. Of like, oh, you want to be strong, eat spinach, Mm -hmm. and kids are like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be strong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) I'm not getting to the finish. Uh Uh, Okay, cool. Well, um, we'll be back soon with some more MCU and possibly some DCU stuff. If you get over there and check out. Uh, how not to make superhero movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see for a uh, for a contrast. Uh, so yeah, someday, uh, someday I'll watch those. We could like uh, talk about them not being good or, or something. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Future plans. Hey. All right. Until next time. See I you bid later. you a cordial farewell. Thanks, classic Thor. (laughs) All right, bye, everybody.